0: When you're trying to do a impression of an elderly German man, yeah. it, it sounded like when I try to do a, a Dracula voice. <laughs> <laughs> Maiden A to Z, in it. Hello and welcome to this very special Maiden A to Z number sixty. In fact, if my calculations are correct, um, uh, my name is Eric, and with me, as always, is, uh, is Jonathan.
1: The Jonathan. Today. The Jonathan. Uh, number sixty. I think we had uh, we've done like three or four unnumbered episodes as well. Yeah,
0: which which in, with the with the gift of hindsight was really. I should have numbered them because they're gonna. It's a,
1: the numbering system is getting very complicated behind the scenes. <laughs> it is what it is. Anyway, this one has been hanging for a while. You know, we've been outing that we're gonna do hello, be Thy name as the mm-hmm. uh, one year anniversary special, and of course, by now it's always, almost been a month since we celebrated a year as, yep, a, as yep. a podcast, which was great, by the way. So thanks to everyone that um, came over, and also everyone that sort of enjoyed it via distance in various formats.
0: We haven't really talked to about too much, I guess. I so haven't recorded that. Recording them since the actual
1: live podcast, the 20 minute segment, but it's, you know, you can hear us. Yep. Today, Friday, also, there's a multi angle Hello Be Thy Name clip from that show. So you can search for it. Infinite, Infinite Maiden, Hello Be Thy Name should work on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that comes out in conjunction with this because that is, yeah. the, that is the song of today, too, uh, in yeah. this episode. But you had a little bit of uh, feeling into before that, right? Yeah. Yo
0: yeah, I have something here. So what I did was, if you guys recall, I mentioned that uh, when we did the set list thing, I said, well, if, you know, if, I, if I've forgotten anyone, we'll, uh, you know, just let me know and we'll get. I'll do it. We'll do. You know, we'll yep. We'll supplement them later. And, and I, I didn't hear from anyone. because you guys are so nice, and you you didn't want to complain. But I did miss two. So uh, next year I got to figure out a better system for this. But we're gonna go ahead and just uh, I'll blast these two off pretty quickly here. So we got them. Let's see. So we got a. Uh, Got two here. Start with the guy. This is a guy called Swedish gentleman named Patrick. I don't know. I have no last name. Uh, Wrote quite a quite a long uh, email, but um, we're just going to get to his list, and we'll, I'll, I'll maybe address the rest of the email at some other point. Right. So he's that list. It's it's a slightly more traditional one than some of the ones we've seen, but it's some cool stuff in here nonetheless. So you got Wickerman, mm-hmm. Ghost of the Navigator, Where Eagles Dare, Revelations, Infinite Dreams, which is very fun, mm-hmm. The Clansman, Flight of Icarus. Rhyme Edition Mariner, Still Life, and here's an odd one The Time Machine, Hmm. Uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name, uh, Book of Souls, and then as an encore, Bring Your Daughter, Seven Son of Seven Son, and the Blood Brothers, ending with that. Nice, lots of
1: epics, a lot of six, seven minutes plus in there. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. And uh, in the beginning there, you know, you had a a cool combination of first two songs on Brave New World and then first two songs on uh, Peace of Mind, coupled in, right? Indeed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's good a good sets. mix new, new and I, I would I would enjoy that. I've liked all these sets, you know. Yeah, none of them have been, none yeah. of them have been you know.
1: it's, it's very easy to get us fired up, I think. Just read out a bunch of meta songs. In a yeah, meta order and go
0: and like, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, yeah, that's, like, I wouldn't have thought of that. Oh, my God, really? Like, yeah. So we got another guy uh, from uh, one of my fellow countrymen, uh, Nate Sumislaski, I think that's pronounced. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct. I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Ap- apologies if I got it wrong. He's from Connecticut. And he has, uh, he has another list here, so let's go. Uh, the Wicker Man, Where Eagles Dare, Flight of Icarus, The Clairvoyant, uh, The Trooper, These Colors Don't Run, Blood Brothers, Flash of the Blade, The Duelists, Hell on Earth, Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden, The Evil Latmandu, and, very apropos of today, ending on Hell Would Be Their Name.
1: Mm-hmm. That was a cool set. Wicker Man is a good opener. I think it's, it's a, a very solid opener. opener. I think it also could be a good second song, you know, with the guitar intro... Mm-hmm. Um, two minutes to midnight or um uh two minutes to midnight. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, from ASI into that one, you could have another let's say you open with um Senjutsu, and then you go into Wickerman. I mean that could work too.
0: Yeah, you got a good so just to a very, as a a be a badass opener. But you then have that you kinda want a more Rocky, kind of you know, like up
1: tempo, kind of probably thing. Stratego would be the one, but uh, you could put yeah, recommend yeah. there. You could put two minutes. It depends all on how they want to space it out, and especially now mm. that's been confirmed since last we recorded, right? So we could take that kind of made the news of the day that they confirmed that uh, on the twenty-two leg of Legacy they will play songs of of Senjutsu. Yeah, so that could be so that's cool. Yeah, and that could be a case where you have to get creative with the setlist a bit because. I don't think they're going to be able to put more than maximum four, probably three, maybe even two in that set.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think I think you... there's someone's going to be... Some people are going to be excited, some people are going to be disappointed because there's obviously one or two tracks that are going to... Uh, you know, be replaced, because they're, they're not going to be able to do them
1: all. Yeah, we speculated on that, and, you know, we already did in the podcast as well, I think Fergal mentioned songs without mm. that much props. I mean, all songs pretty much have props, but some more than others. Yeah, but, like, if like, it's just, like, I mean, also... For the greater good of God, it didn't have any extra prop for itself. That could So go. that hangs loose. Also, it's a newer song. Uh, mm. And then what else did we discuss? Perhaps uh, Wicker Man could go. I think Wicker Man's gone, too, yeah. Where he goes, could be in danger. He had a jacket for that, yeah, and a hat. <laughs> Very cheap props compared to flamethrowers.
0: But yeah, but he, oh my god, but he, he he was he was
1: switching clothes like, he, like yeah, a, yeah, crazy. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, that's what he wants to do. I think every show, every tour, it makes it more fun. Yeah, I like that you know, too. I like that. You yeah, know, costume change. Also,
0: if like these longer songs, like like if you like, if they're doing the parchment, he could, he could literally change clothes like three times in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes out
1: wearing leopard skin. oh yeah 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 what is it Um, fierce as wolf in leopard skin i like that bro i like that (laughs) line yeah anyway we we have another concept of today it's not another setlist episode we're doing hello be the name and we're kind of a little bit all over the place with this one uh geographically we're gonna land on three different spots we're gonna have seven guests today so this is truly Mm. the hello be the name extravaganza episode isn't it
0: yeah don't worry that we're not going to have seven people trying to talk over each other this is no
1: no at most it's four and that's the live segment
2: welcome to the program Mr. Phil Trummer welcome back here we go good evening friends of the beast Trummer here with a few quick thoughts on hallowed be thy name Uh, I did queue up all the live cuts of this track on spotify and just played them over and over again the last week or so and i never get tired of this song ever uh there's just so much in there and everything is good there's not a weak part there's not no part that you don't hope for that you don't want to hear uh the live cuts from 82 all the way to 2019 we get a real uh history here of maiden and this song hearing them in every part of their journey when they were young and hungry when they were at their peak powers when they were tired in the 90s and when they were firing in all cylinders again in the 2000s um some real standouts for me are 88 in birmingham uh at the nec the maiden england uh dortmund on a death on the road very strong uh toronto flight 666 and these cuts are great just a brilliant song also just a story i mean immediately captured me when i first heard it as a teen uh seeing this film in my head almost of this poor schmuck getting uh dragged to the gallows for whatever he may have done um yeah just it's it Hallow be thy name uh one quick thing i need to point out is nico is just killing it on these and uh there's a there's a part right before it goes into kind of into its finale uh, between 520 and 550 where he does this machine gun salvo with a few shots after dude that part gets me every single time this song is just fucking gold all right take it easy and prost from the west there you go (laughs) thanks
1: drummer and you know he he, uh, recorded this Completely on his own, completely isolated from yeah. the rest of this episode. But okay. a, a few of the things he said will echo. I can imagine. Yeah, that was a good... Was a, he's, he's a good radio voice. Good radio voice, good, uh, good opinions, I almost said. Uh, does that even yeah. exist? But, you know... Uh, I mean, well-founded, I, can, uh, I think you say right? No. Well-founded opinions. You yep, mentioned yeah. some things that are going to be, let's say, set up for payoffs later, or at least oh, uh, right, for, right, right, for right. you know, they're going to be, I guess... Reimbursed, but uh, some interesting stuff in there, and uh, we have two more short messages. I think we should blast them as well Okay, here we go Ben Webster comes in. The Webster is back
3: Steward of heaven Hotel California Bohemian Rhapsody, Master of Puppets, and I would add Halled Be La Name to that canon of legendary rock songs that transports the listener into a world of its maker's creation and exemplifies the power of great art. From that haunting descending third's guitar intro to the syncopated power E chord at the end, It's possibly Maiden's first real masterpiece, and many would argue their greatest achievement. While everyone involved is bringing their absolute A game, special mention goes to Clive. His power and his push give the song the extra muscle that really helps sell Bruce's absolutely epic vocal performance. This is as good as it gets, folks. The Beast Over Hammersmith live version is exhibit A in this regard. It's material like this that is the reason why we're still talking about Maiden with such love and reverence almost 40 years after this song was written. You want to know why metal rules? Listen to this song. Thanks a lot and up the irons!
1: that's a good pep talk well said well said and you know it encapsulates yeah. why this is the perfect one-year anniversary song episode and yeah you know what I thought about too is like you get all these nice examples from from the guys you know Philip mm-hmm. had um, flight six 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 made in England eight among others and you know specific mm-hmm. timings Ben mentioned uh, beast over Hammi Smith <laughs> Phil went through all the live versions, and I, to be honest, I wouldn't even imagine that being very fatiguing because this song never gets bored. Never, never gets, gets boring, which I will be onto later anyway.
0: It's, I think it's, it's, it's interesting also, like it, it just sort of the way things line up. This was a perfect. Uh, song to do, you know, sort of the one year anniversary on. And also, I don't, I don't think, even if it was a one year anniversary, I don't think we'd be getting people to send in their thoughts like this if it was like for Hooks and You or something. <laughs> send in your monologue on <laughs> Hooks and You, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know, there's a hell of a lot to say for most, you know, most people about that one. I don't like girls who've
3: been hanging around. Hux and you, hooks
4: me, hooks the sea.
0: so uh, back, back the, the not-so-surprised return of your, your favorite uh, citizen of Buffalo.
1: Yeah, your favorite citizen of Buffalo, Greg uh, or his alter ego. Let's see. Let's see.
4: Hallowed be thy name. Four words. One band. One song. One ginormous legacy. There's really not a whole lot to say about this track. That hasn't already been said by a lot of other people, and probably a lot better than what I could say. It's a classic song. No two ways about it. For any genre, not just heavy metal or rock and roll, just the entire realm of music, this song belongs in the pantheon of one of the greatest songs ever created. It's a classic, easily in my top five of favorite Iron Maiden songs of all time. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, gotten some sketchiness smeared on it in the past few years, which sucks. But that being said, everyone borrows, some a little more liberally than others. And if you ain't stealing, you ain't trying. This has been Tropy Love Pump. Have an excellent day or evening. There
1: we go. There you go. It was indeed the alter ego coming in. Yeah, I like like these short little messages. I like them. And, you know, everyone, Hmm. I didn't say really how long you should do it, uh, but they ended up like a minute or two each, which is good for that. You know, it's like a a nice little hello. We should do it again at some point, I think. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll definitely do it again. So Um, we have three longer segments. Um, You think we should do the live one first, perhaps?
0: Yeah, let's, let's introduce. So, we did this is what we recorded on the 20th of November, uh, at the at Gulevillan in Honingen, which is a suburb to Stockholm, Sweden. Um, and this was done, uh, yeah, it's I'll say it, it turned out pretty good. Um, it probably could have been better, uh, but that's just sound wise because we, we threw this. There's 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 there a lot of we we're quite stressed many things many things that happened very quickly yep in a very pr- certain order for things to not to go off the rails they didn't uh, end up you know everything worked out but you know yeah
1: well, uh, what was a slight bit complicated about this uh, recording is that uh, we wanted a sound for the audience and we wanted a sound recorded and to get both yeah. of both from the same source you know the same uh voice it's a bit tricky you have to use aux sense and stuff and I just didn't yeah. have time or energy for that so this is a uh, a stereo recorder put on stage.
5: Maiden, i to say live.
0: All right, well, hey! Hello welcome to this sort of slightly <laughs> weird live edition of Maiden Nature Z. And with me <laughs> to our immediate right is Jonathan. Oh, that's me. We also have known for, famous from Maiden Holden, you will Thank you very much. And also famous from earlier this evening. And also this podcast, Henrik Juanson. Oh. Thank you. So we're going to... Yes. All right. I had a lot of jokes that sort of was uh, uh, based around... the uh, I don't know if he's here or not, but we'll... Right we'll, uh, uh, here! Upstairs. Oh, there upstairs. There we go. Hey. There we go. Yeah. Much alive. Much, very much alive. <laughs> well, there you were the joke. <laughs> Sorry. Or so, I. Yes. Well, so this, this uh, evening sort of uh, happened to coincide. The way this podcast works is we go alphabetically through Iron Maiden's song catalog. And this this night, which happens to be our one year anniversary, coincided with one of their slightly b- bigger songs, a song you probably all heard called "How Would Be the Name." Woo-hoo! So that's what we're going to briefly try to discuss, from some sort of entertaining way. Uh, we'll see if we if we succeed in doing that. If we see if we're entertaining and you enjoy it, then I'm sure it'll be
1: uh, a good time will be had by all. Uh, there we go. So welcome so. to the guests again, Joel and Henrik. Nice to see you. Here. Thank you. So, the interesting thing about this, uh, this,
0: uh, this panel of four people here is we've all probably, when we first heard this song, heard it at very different points in our life. How um, probably feels slightly really differently about it, I would imagine. Uh,
1: yeah, for me it was actually, I have a friend here, Christian, is in the, in the locale right now. He showed me this is the most satanic maiden song I've ever heard. And he sent me the Cradle of Filth version. That's the, one, the first one I heard. Uh, which was indeed uh, satanic enough, but uh,
6: I do prefer the. That is like super fast. Uh,
1: yeah, it's super cradle, I guess. Yeah. A band I never was really into, but uh, that's how I heard the song, and you know the whole I'm waiting in my cold cell and all that. Uh, but I, I would say it's cemented as one of the heavy metal classics of all time, isn't it? One of the biggest. I would say the, the Cradle of
0: uh, Filth version. Oh, yeah. Everything I don't like about Cradle of Filth is condensed in that, that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> And you do like Cradle of I do like them, but that's. Oh, he's we're... a dick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's very sort of. I, I, I shouldn't know the word in English. But, uh, was it? Noisy? No, noisy, it's I guess. <laughs> Loud and unpleasant now. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, when was the first time you heard the song? What did you what was your feelings about it? Uh,
5: the first time I heard it was I Got Life to Death sometime early 1986, and that's when I heard it the first time. And I. It was a, a lot of material on that album that I hadn't heard before. I only heard one album before that. So it was sort of a, a lot to digest. And that was one of the songs that sort of and was the last song for me to get into, really. So, but it's a really, it's a really nice song. It's grown on me late, later in years. So.
0: Now, we've we discussed a lot of times, um, even outside this podcast, about made have a lot of songs that are played quite frequently to love you. One might get kind of tired of them. Yeah. Is this one of them for you, or do you still enjoy hearing it? I do
5: actually enjoy hearing it. It's, I, I would actually feel a lot more bereft of my Iron Maiden experience if they didn't play this one, uh, instead of if they wouldn't play you know Iron Maiden, which has always been in the set. Yeah. So it was quite strange in 2014 or whenever it was, when they didn't play it. 2016? No, well, was twice. Twice, they didn't play it because of the litigious.
1: Oh, right. I love this is the venue to discuss legal... Matters, but uh, there was quite a legal so matter. Nice, so. yeah. Yeah, they did steal a bunch of lyrics from the band Beckett. Exactly. Uh, to do Which this. Rod,
6: the manager? Managed Great lyrics for, too, I would say. Yeah. Good steal. Yeah, yeah. it was. Steal Harris. and. What we can say is that it was settled outside of court. So yeah. they got a shitload of money. The guys in Beckett yeah. for doing fuck all. So that
0: up. sort of probably means that whenever that song is played, they I think they get they probably get something. Something. Yeah, some kind that. of royalty.
1: I remember Steve saying, "I thought we already had this worked out." Yeah, <laughs> but, but apparently no.
0: I'll say I listened to this, the, the Beckett song for the first time this morning, weirdly, uh, and I so it struck me that. I think they have a second lawsuit there. It those sound very similar, similar to the Nomad.
1: Ah, really? Yeah. Another, another oh, you mean uh, the Beckett song? Uh, what was it called? Death. No, Life, Life shadow. shadow.
6: Life shadow. That's mm. right. No, it has a huge chunk of um, Nomad in it too. And if I remember correctly, Nico even threatened to quit Iron Maiden during the lawsuit because that's his favorite song to play ever yeah. and he said we're not gonna be able to play that, I'm never gonna play in this band I like to play aloe. <laughs> exactly yeah. And what was your first experience in the song? What well everything boils down to Best of the Beast 2 CD for me because everything was on there it was a massive CD so um, I don't know how many songs from Number of the Beast that they fitted on that. Must have been Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, and Hello Be Name, I guess. So uh, yeah, it was from there. But it was not until later years when it actually grew on me. So a couple of years later when I really started to read and understand English and understand the lyrics, the depth of it all. And it really surprises me to this day that, you know, it's the third album that they've produced and the depth of the lyrics and, and it doesn't really is that similar to anything else on number of the beast it's kind of an isolated track in many ways yeah. and um, well we'll get into that i guess well, did, it did, so did sort of
0: start something there because this, that was the first sort of and maybe not no there's one on uh, there's a long one kind of the opera I guess the first sort of long ethic yeah. yeah but uh this one seems like sort of became a uh, like a steve harris kind of. Uh, it? Mal, I should we know the word.
1: Template. Uh, template, a Template. Yeah. or uh, Steve Harry's staple. And it's his yeah.
6: solo writing
1: for this one, yeah. Mm.
6: Yeah, him and Beckett. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, sorry. And the weird thing about
5: the lawsuit thing is that during the actual proceedings, Dave was also somehow involved. Oh, that was The
1: Nomad, I think, because that's his song. Yeah, The Nomad, yeah. So yeah. But
5: the interesting thing is that there's actually two different Beckett thefts in that song, and that's also from the song Rainbow's Gold, which they did cover. Uh, on the B-side of the uh, Tuneus Midnight single, which is really weird because that never got mentioned in the court hearings. Was that in Hello too? It's in Hello too. Okay. It's uh, so a like, kind of, kind of like Southern rock. It's willing to fly away. Ah, it's, oh, from, that one. it's yeah. from
1: that one. So they did steal quite a bit. And I've said before in the podcast that it's fine. Stealing music is fine. Mm. It's part of it to me. You know, it's not like... Uh, you didn't ruin your reputation by stealing a riff or stealing a lyric line, but in this case it's quite uh, you know, borderline, I would
0: well, say. They could have potentially, you know, if it went that far, they potentially could have you know, not been able to play it,
5: I imagine. So. Possibly, I mean, they didn't play it because of the lawsuit thing yeah. for a while. But, but, but the weird thing is that the Beckett, the line from Raven's Gold is actually exactly the same, whilst the one in Last Shadow is a bit altered. So, I don't
0: know, it's the lawsuit thing. I guess that the two guys who wrote Last Shadow were the one who were upset. You gotta wonder if the. Because the lawsuit was back in. was not too long ago, correct? That was. It's a few years ago. Five years ago. 2016, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a quite a while after
1: the song was looking out. Yeah. That's why Steve said, I thought we had it worked out. Yeah. So probably they already got money for it, but they wanted more. I'm sure they had. I don't know. I don't know. If it's maybe said. they had pension plans. Maybe they had the golf course. Well, they did plans. not have pension plans. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe they didn't. Right, right. That could be the case.
0: Now let's see, I'm trying to figure out how to keep this, because this is the kind of song that we're probably going to do uh, several uh, longer episodes on, and actually, we have uh, hopefully gotten in some things from our listeners, uh, the types of them talking about it, so there's a lot to go through here, probably more than what we're going to do on a... Saturday night, you know, uh, in front of these only people I'd imagine. In front
1: of poor people that have to kind of shut up now. That they yeah, no, not, Yeah, uh, it's th- this is a lively audience, and now we have to like. <laughs> I think it's a good. Exercise.
0: It's a good. It's Saturday night. <laughs> don't shut up! Yeah. There'll be louder stuff later. We
5: could actually say that it's we're only actually one month and three days from the live premiere of the song. Fortieth uh, anniversary of the live premiere of the song. Oh wow! oh shit. it was played. I'm not going to say live because it was played during the sound check at the secret gig at Ruskin Arms on the twenty third of December eighty one. Eighty one, already? Yeah, so it was. They were sort of trying out new material for that secret gig. They premiered they, it.
1: Yeah, I did that too. Did you do that ever with with bands like you, you premiered songs that weren't. Actually, released yet. I did that, but. Uh, I've played in loads of bands where music hasn't been released. So,
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Maiden did that with uh, <laughs> Wireless Dreams back yeah, in yeah. uh, back, back 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we yeah. talked
1: about that uh, a week or two ago. We yeah, talked about yeah. Wireless Dreams, yeah. and I, it was actually, I think, better on, on the 03 tour than it was on the album, for me at least. Yeah. But, yeah, hello. I mean, what can you say? It's one of those tough ones that is just a staple and a classic in every way. If we go into music theory, which I like to do in the podcast, it feels slightly more off to do it now. But <laughs> it's like a, the ultimate utilization, in my opinion, of the E minor scale. Like the, they just use it as much as you can. Yeah, and,
5: and the thing where, where we mentioned it's the kind of Steve Harris staple. I mean, this is the song that really sets that template of the E, C, D thing. Yeah. And it does it very efficiently in a way that I don't think... It doesn't really do that afterwards. I mean, I'm not going to slag The Trooper or anything like that, but I mean, it's, it feels like here it sort of has a purpose, rather than yeah, then, then, then we realize that Steve Harris didn't really know anything else, and then he uses it anyway, but I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> when you guys, because uh, you guys and your Maiden podcast are Maiden Bold, and you guys have a slightly different... Uh, Setups. you just do, you did whole albums rather yeah. than songs. Now when you got to this, because oh, I don't remember, I had listened to it, but did you, because sometimes I know that you
6: guys will focus on sort of songs, you know, March was here, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. 30, <laughs> Great 30 track. minutes or something. Great yeah. track, go yeah. on. Yeah. But yeah, this is a special song for, for, for both of us, and, and we have it on our top three Iron Maiden list every day of the week. It kind of, you know, goes up and down on that list, but it's a massive song, and it's kind of one of those difficult songs to actually approach. It's like, you know, the trooper is to many of those famous songs, but this is kind of, a, you know, really sticks to the heart in many yeah. ways. And, and one thing we talked about in our last episode that came out yesterday was, if Paul never would have gotten sacked, if he would have been like God's best friend or something like that, would songs like Hello Be Thy Name be out there? I
1: mean, I think Paul could
6: do it, but it would be different. It would be different. Uh, good note, so someone. hallowed me thy name.
5: <laughs> <laughs> not, not live note, but live after death. <laughs> Longest live, held <health>
1: note.
0: <laughs> I think he no. could sound no. Well, great, he could do it, but he could, yeah.
1: I mean, he wouldn't have the, yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: maybe not. I'm not sure. Nobody has the sensitive side. Paul. To yeah. remember, I mean, Remember Tomorrow and stuff yeah. like tomorrow, that. Tomorrow, so. Strange World. He's a good ballad singer. Yeah. I think now, he,
1: he could have uh, like explored that way more if he would have stayed with Maiden or if Maiden would have stayed with him,
2: mm, so absolutely. to
1: speak. like He did have the, the resources to do it, but the, you talked about that. The album overall, 22 Cash Avenue, he could have done Gangland, he probably could have done, Yeah. but uh, this one, I'm ah, not sure. Maybe you need uh, Bruce for that. I'm
5: not quite convinced. I, I think it's a bit
1: too... I
5: think it, it goes in a register that's not really Paul. I mean, if Paul would have done it, the yeah. lyrics would have been you know, a fair bit lower, and I don't know if that's... It wouldn't have the impact, I think.
1: Probably not.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, most of these episodes we've done, we've done for a year now, we've done over... Uh, um, Digitally, so not in the same room, me and Jonathan. And I was worried it was going to feel weird being face to face and doing it, but since is behind me. And we're not even face to
1: face. And we've been face to face for a couple of episodes anyway. So. And no
6: one
0: is asleep yet. No, it's
1: so far, so good, so good. Sure.
0: No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Henry knows this, at least, but uh, now I'm assuming they attempted this song in Blades. I attempted. Attempted, yes? Attempted. It. Did it work or
1: not? Of course not. Right. <laughs> it was one of the worst. And I think with Lazy it was even about the rhythmical side of it. He couldn't do those fast rhythms. You know, I couldn't do that. When the priest no, come to read, Bill no, right. He wasn't really... It, it, it all turned it
6: When he sang it. It was...
1: Yeah. It's not a fast
5: singer. Not in that way, no. But then again, they did play it a bit too on the, much on the fast side as well, so... Yeah, right. I mean, they have slowed it down since the 90s. 80s and 90s, I would say.
6: Yeah, live after death, I think. It's yeah, it's really, Scott it's, it's is
0: really that one, They've sort of slowed down a bit now, so that sounds more...
5: I think that's a, a part of Nico and a bit of consciousness from his part, that he sort of, no, I don't want to play this too fast. I mean, Adrian has always been adamant that he wants to be a lot slower.
1: Stick left for tempo. Yeah. I am too, actually. I don't like playing songs too fast. I'm, uh, I'm going to perform right after this podcast, right, with the, with the cover band, and
6: uh, I'm very happy with the drummer there. He keeps them... At a steady pace, mm. something that you can actually, you know, perform. But in terms of number of the gigs you've done, Gangland obviously, and have gangland, you done anything else
1: from Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, June, June, The
6: Damned. The, the Down? But, but you've kind of not yet approached the real big ones, no, so the big three. The, so big three. the big three, no, have not. Done yeah. that.
0: This yeah. will be the first one of those. This, this, this
6: so in terms of that, I mean, it is the kind of a paradigm shift for Maiden with those three songs, and especially yeah. with Helen's guy name. Is. Yeah. What what's the kind of it factor would you say, in comparison to the last two albums? Mm, good question. Well, I mean, it's what do the, you think, Eric?
0: For me, like this song did take me a well while to get into when I initially um, started listening to me, because I was very uh, you know I like, I started out with time as like most kids do. Um, it's a longer song, Oh, balloon! It so, <laughs> <laughs> was literally a balloon. Pills, you know? It's <laughs> a birthday party. Yeah.
2: I, one I, I blew up
0: four balloons and I decided, fuck it, so there are four balloons in this house. So, enjoy um, but it. But it, it's, it, it, as a kid, young kid, trying to absorb that, it's, it's kind of hard because it's like, you know, there's no, uh, if we, I was kind of used to you know, verse, chorus, verse kind of stuff. And that, that's not this song, first imagination. Uh, there's no, there's, as far as I know, besides the, the words how they their name. name. There's, there's nothing Oh, really no, there's
1: things. no chorus. It's just the end chant, yeah. really, yeah. which oh. is very effective, I would say. Yeah.
0: Also, since I knew that they had the song Number of the Beast, which was sort of dangerous, because you know back then with my with Catholic parents and whatnot, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know that's that kind of dangerous. And how would be the name? That that that, uh, that phrase is taken from a uh, prayer. No, so it did yeah. yeah. so seem sort of like slightly cool and dangerous. I don't mm-hmm. remember
1: that. I want to ask you what about this? Because the the Swedish Finnish community, or you know the um, Swedish speaking Finns. You guys are fairly Christian too, aren't you?
6: Yeah, I guess, same way. It seems like that anyway. Uh,
1: But for you, it wasn't a deal
6: with uh, the whole satanic image and anything. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. And I mean, the reason, I guess, why why the parents bashed the the album was because of the song number of the Beast, not for kind of mocking with hallowed be thy name, kind of God be with you, and stuff like that. I think it was right. the reason was no, 666, six, yes. six, the number of the yeah, days. No, that, yeah, that right. One for you and me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: was it vaguely from the ball. Ball. <laughs> 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 We have a ton of material on the whole 666 thing, you know, uh, coming in lately as well with the, the Roman numerals, or the, the Roman reference, rather. But 666 could be the Emperor Nero. And, and that could be the reference uh, in, you know, in the original text, which would be the book of Revelations, a book, and, mm-hmm. that actually could go towards Rome, and, and that could be the ultimate evil, because Christianity was a uh, rebellious kind of uh, foundation against Rome. Yeah, That's maybe the biggest feat of Christianity, I would say,
6: yeah.
1: so far, because Rome, yeah, that was, you know, that was the, the ruling empire, and uh, in that sense... Back in the day, Christianity could have been a rebellious organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is no long it no longer is. Yeah, I got really it play uh that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bruce's Bruce
0: podcast, which has the worst name of a podcast ever. Yeah, uh, what what is what, is what's it called again? Good,
1: Good podcast, but bad name. Psycho Schizo Espresso. Yeah, you've no idea. You've no idea what it's about right.
6: by the title. No. no. But uh, this, this the first episode. But it's uh, his episode or his podcast. He, it's his It's so, him, right? and,
0: him and uh, some uh, doctor like and we, Kevin yeah, something like yeah. that. It's cool. pretty good. Uh, really, I very much enjoyed it. This, it the, uh, it's, the first episodes were about uh, about the uh, you know number of the beast and how the origins of that. Mm-hmm. And they had some guy who was a professor. Of, I don't know what, but a word that I can't pronounce. That probably doesn't really you know it doesn't really rule that down very much. There's a lot of words I can't pronounce. But uh, something to do with like end time theories and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So. So it was very interesting. They, they went they sort of touched on the uh, video and that stuff. So it was kind of fun. So go, go listen to that. We don't do it right now, but can
1: do it. Yeah, it yeah. would take too much time. We don't have that much time up on stage. We really, like, because we we're still we're keeping this poor crowd quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for whatever reason. You're still, here. <laughs> You're still here. But you You're will have waiting. your moment to be loud. In, in but again, just, just
6: the value of Hallowed Be by Name. I mean, it was reissued as a single. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the value for the band as well. And that's, to me, I think is the only reissue of a single that yeah. they've ever done. Oh,
2: yeah. But well, did that, that
6: uh, so With a new cover.
5: You yeah. Cover. yeah. yeah.
6: Reissue? Yeah yeah it came out in when did they reissue it? Uh, in I don't know ninety, sorry. I mean two thousand or it, something.
5: It was released in ninety three, but I mean is that a reissue? At least from the live album that came out in ninety three.
6: Yeah. I'm burned, yeah, It's I tough guess. to stay with Henrik's... The good thing is it all ends after 2000, so now we can, you know... <laughs> yeah. Well, <you're> right. <laughs> if I say it came out in 2001, you will just... Then, then I know
1: <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was not know anything.
5: Did they record stuff after
6: 2000? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there might be
1: some bootlegs. <laughs> yeah. Henrik knows basically everything about this band until 2000. Yeah. Yeah. And then it stops. Yeah. yeah, the band stops, really, more or less. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well I'll do something
0: on this I think I know the answer, but I'll do it anyways. So if you don't know on the podcast we do a thing where we have the end of the episode, we ask if it's on a list or not. And we're basically putting together a multiple sort of uh, playlist of all the I guess our ultimate playlist yeah. anyway. And it's it's basically a little bit that also it's to, for me it was a way to create a, a very sort of fake sense of urgency in a very non dramatic situation. Which is, you know, this you can this is not a dramatic kind of situation. So in that spirit would you put this on i know a, a top 50
1: list Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Uh, No no other way. No other way. I think it could be the best song in heavy metal for me. Like it's the the whole genre. That's a
6: big statement. That's a big statement. (laughs) I think it's the best song written in the '80s (laughs) in all categories. Uh, Hang on again. What other songs would you say? Uh, What other songs would you say (laughs) would be wasted years? Wasted years. That's a good choice too. Other bands, heavy metal staples. But that's not really made in either, is it? I mean, look at. The song itself. It
5: uh, is a song. It's a fantastic song. It's a really Maiden song. Other well, great it's song from the 80s were DC, Moorhead, Metallica. I mean, there's. Uh, Master
1: Pop Dozens, 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 Hell's dozens Bells, of Classics. Health Bells could be in there too. Or uh, even. uh of Jam, okay, 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right.
5: There's right. a lot of stuff. It's a big Band, genre. Van a- Halen, best stuff from the 80s. And
1: Shane, good song. There's plenty of them. But I think Van Halen is hard rock. Van Halen is hard rock, you know, it's not like really heavy metal is it? <laughs> yeah, come on. But it's a, an awesome band.
0: Sure. Sure. Alright, well I mean I I think maybe we gotta so you guys so the band is time to sort of get their shit and stuff together because yeah. Yeah. Loud, loud noises very soon. Loud noises very soon. Will we get to hear the song?
6: Yes, we're gonna play that one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: so, th- gonna be so thank you for being with us. This was a, this was a weirdly successful. I did
1: not think it was going to work. And it wasn't as weird as I imagined it to be. Like uh, doing this on a stage, that's weird to me. Uh, but you worked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm usually
6: sitting around the table drinking beer, talking, man, and
1: Very comfortably,
6: right, Very I do. comfortably. There's no, no stage lights yeah, so. and no one's listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair, I I, I plans to... that, that I feel even to make it, make it weird as it turned out, but I'll do it. I'll save for another time. There we go. All right. So, um... No. We do have our catchphrase, so you want to do that, and we can let these people...
1: Uh, uh, I'd like to hear, like, a loud a loud noise from the crowd and then do the catchphrase. Right, so let's,
6: uh... Do loud noises. Scream for me, Gula Scream for me, Gula
3: Vilan.
1: Thanks a lot, and of course, up the arins <laughs> from the north, and scone from the north. That brings back some nice memories, doesn't it? Indeed. It was a good time, and you can tell, I mean, time, even yeah. though you have the the crude
0: uh, audio recording, you can tell, you can get some of the vibe. But also, thank you very much to Will Brink from Maiden Podden, and of course, Henrik Johansson for joining us on this one. It was nice uh, to have two people slightly calmer than we were. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, they, too, so. they came with a good energy, and I think last time we had them on was probably the midsummer special. Yeah, and also thank you for everyone who was who, who was there. Yeah, it was a brilliant time. You know, it really worked out, which which was, I guess, a slight wonder.
0: Yeah, like I said, it, it could it could have gone to all shit, but it did not. Yeah, yeah, because you you were you, were, you were, yeah you were you were pretty uh, initially you were pretty stressed
1: oh yeah 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 and i mean it's, i have like a fairly okay stress barrier but when i reach it i'm i don't make it a secret because why why do that that's even more stressful to pretend yeah. to be completely stoic when really not stress yeah so uh from one thing to the other um, we ha- i had a conversation with a new guest uh on this song took the opportunity all right so yeah we got you, you can uh, he's them. been uh, with us as a listener since the start paul corcoran that's another name for pronunciation yeah. or quirky
0: I've, I've yet I've to uh, to meet this uh, gentleman, but I've uh, obviously spoken to him quite a bit. Uh, you know, you're in there, in our Facebook group. Uh, always a pleasure.
1: He's been a listener, as I said, since the start. But uh, he will probably, or no, I mean, he will definitely come on for a proper episode with you as well. But uh, yeah, uh, I look, I look yeah, forward to this that. This was a yeah. nice opportunity to have a little talk. So it's about as long as the live segment, and it will be me and Corky mm-hmm. talking. Hello, be thy name. Here we go. Boom. Okay, so we have Paul on the line. Um, Paul Corcoran, is that right? Corcoran. You
7: got it. I'm in Guernsey here. One of the Channel Islands um, between England and France in the Channel.
1: And that's close to, uh, isn't that close to where Maiden used to pre-produce?
7: Yes, that was in Jersey. They they, they pre-produced, uh, took a hotel over, I think it was the Chalet Hotel in Jersey. Um, but yeah, next door to us, Rivals.
1: So yeah, so those islands are known as tax havens. Is that like is, would that be? A, are you ever would you ever use that word a tax haven, or is it just home to you?
7: Everyone says that. Everyone says that. It's um, there's a lot of lot of banking here. That's one of the main businesses. You know, it's a lot of investment banks and um, hedge funds. So I suppose yeah, people do kind of channel money, I guess, through here. But it's well regulated. You know, I don't think it's a tax haven as such
1: huh. yeah. Now, I mean, that's like a hot potato. You hear about it all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Documentaries on, on bosses doing this, and they've done everything by the book, really. But then at the end, it's like, but wasn't this a bit wrong? And they're like, well, I don't know, I pay more tax than anyone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that
7: kind what, why go to all that trouble of putting a uh, setting up an account in, in Guernsey, or Jersey, you know, unless there was some benefit in it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it must have been uh, part of why Maiden went there. Because they try to stay out of UK for as much as possible, and it's autonomous, right? Isn't it?
7: Yeah, it's uh, it's governed by themselves. They've got their own government.
1: Yeah. I googled your flag. I think it was pretty cool with a dragon on or something.
7: Yeah, yeah, there's a dragon on there. It's kind of a bit of an English look to it, but um, I'm Irish myself. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we I've got the stats the other day. Ireland was uh, country number ten for us on Made in A to Z. Oh, cool. So that's pretty good, you know. Yes. Yeah. Above there, but that also answers Fergus' question. Would anyone listening speak Irish? Maybe, actually. You know, there's quite a chance that someone does and could critique him on his Irish. Yeah,
7: so. yeah well, he uh, he did offer a few words, ask scale ago, but uh, I, I've kind of lost a lot of mine. I could understand what he was trying to say. Right. That's
1: a bit, yeah. I mean, the setup in this uh, episode, Paul, we have a few of the old ones in. To comment or at least a couple and then we have the live pod as well but you're the only like new face new voice in this episode of course then we have to maiden story
7: yeah okay well it was it was pretty much love at first uh listen for me but i think it was back in it was definitely 1986 um i grew up on a like a council estate you know it was a little bit rough at times but it was a very rock estate every everyone that was Kind of growing up there was into rock music and there was other parts of the town that were kind of like mod and, and, you know, the jam, the who and all that kind of stuff. But we were all sort of the rock end of town. This was like sort of uh, 86. I'm talking about when I got into Maiden. Um, but the kind of town was kind of, you know, there was a side of the town that was not very rock. And um, I suppose at that time it was like the cure. And... Um, the Smiths, that kind of, you know, stuff. I was 13, 86. And, um, I remember the day that, um, it, we were, it was summertime, we we're off school and, um, we're sitting outside this guy's house. He's a couple of years older than us. And, um, he's got his door open and he's got, um, uh, Live After Death playing and it's kind of coming out of the house and it's catching my ear. And I said, you know, what is that? He said, it's, um, Iron Maiden's new one. So I kind of wandered into his house and, uh, the, the rest of the guys like, hung out outside and about 20 minutes later they said, where's Corky, by the way? And somebody came in looking for me and I was sat down by the record player, you know, with the, the gate called Sleeve Open. <laughs> uh, I was just like pouring over all these pictures and, and, and the music. And it was like, oh, wow. And, and that was it for me. You know, I was hooked from then on and I began to, you know, explore and find out all the other you know, things. I went backwards. I could only go backwards, I couldn't go forwards, but just back five ago. albums at that time, yeah, I kind of went back and caught, caught the early ones, the Diana ones then as well, and uh, and the first new album I bought then was uh, somewhere in Time, that uh, Christmas, I got it for Christmas um, in 86, and uh, I was a bit disappointed in that, to be honest with you, I, I thought, oh God, what's going wrong here? You know,
1: if you listen to Killers the other week, and
7: then comes this one, like synth laden,
1: I mean, yeah. guitar synths, it doesn't matter. They just wrote that, you know, to, to escape criticism, because it doesn't matter. It's different ways to uh, activate the same sample or the same oscillator. So there is mm. no difference between guitar synthesizer and synthesizer at all. But, you know, it's 86, it's rocking years, you know, you, you want to do it on guitars. But yeah. it doesn't, matter. sonically, it doesn't matter. It's synthesizer, you know. <laughs> but I love but, that album. Uh, but it's, oh, I
7: love it. I love it now. And I, but I'm just, first impressions, it was like, oh my God, they've gone soft, you know, what the fuck's going on here?
1: Yeah, yeah, we've all had that, right? I yeah. A Reroot Remain came out for me. That was in Flames' record. It was like, what the fuck is going on? Or uh, "Sankt Anger. Or, um,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Even to a certain degree, Dance of Death, which was my first new Maiden album, really. I mean, the Brave New World, to be technical, but then I was so young and really just got into the band via that album, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that does count. But then come da- comes Dance of Death, and I didn't like it. No, I've had to build my appreciation for that album over all these years, soon to be twenty years. So I can totally get that with Summer in Time. I think it's way better than Dance of Death, but still, it's so different. And when it comes out and you're young, and you have this yeah, view of why yeah. you like this band, and then they don't really do that, you know, they're it not. Didn't, it
7: didn't really life. match up uh, when I was there, that thirteen-year-old and I wanted heavy rock stuff and I wanted uh, more of the same of you know Live After Death, more power slavy stuff. Um, but you know, I love it now. I mean, of course I. The, the, the solos on there are some of uh, Adrian Smith's best solos ever
1: on that album. Uh, I think his very best solo is on that one, uh, but I'm going to keep that a secret.
7: Cheerio. I wonder if I agree with you.
1: Uh, but nice. I mean, he he's never really fails. I think last week we did um, one of his few slightly more poor solos with... Um, what was that again? The Great Unknown. That solo was bland for him, but still his incredible tone and his vibrato, you know. So.
7: Oh yeah, you can pick him out immediately.
1: Mid eighties. You're you're a little bit disappointed. Do you keep following the band anyway? Do you keep seeing them do you see them live at all?
7: Yeah, then days? I get to see them live on um on the No Prayer Tour in nineteen ninety in Dublin. The one that um that Bruce nearly walked off that was the, the spitting incident. I don't know if you heard that um, I've heard a few of those, you know, there's been Yeah, yeah. He was fucking raging, man. He was going to walk. You know, my first gig, I thought, shit, you know, with these fuckers that are spitting on them. You know, I was right up the front, you know, for um, most of it. And uh, uh, Blaze Bailey and Wolfspain were supporting, and Blaze Bailey was covered in gob. It was hanging off his hair.
1: Ah, oh, that's
7: disgusting. I know, and he, uh, he of course couldn't walk off because he was like the support act, but he was just kind of like, you know, Blaze. He's like, come on, yeah. give me more, give me more of that shit. Yeah, that's the only
1: way you could do it. I think that's a plausible way in that particular scenario, right? It was what else? Awful. Could... Yeah, and he's been subject to that with Maiden as well. There's even a bootleg, I think, named something like "Number of the Spit" or you know, or similar.
7: Oh yeah, well, it's during but the like, Trooper. He just stands and he and him and Steve standing, looking at this guy going, "That's <laughs> it, that's the cunt down there."
1: Yeah, even if you want to kind of ruin the show or something, that way of doing it is so. It's a bit extra disgusting somehow. It's nasty. It's just nasty. Uh, okay, so that was the first show, similar to our friend Hendrik, He also got into the band at 86 and then saw them live first time in 90 in Stockholm with no spit, I hope. Good. Uh, and by that time, the band is, um, I mean, I would say with uh, my perfect 2020 hindsight vision, the band is on a decline. But for you, how was it? Did you feel that or were you like still like, i in?
7: I, I was... Uh... You know, when you look at Life After Death and you see that kind of a setup, you know, on the album sleeve and the video, and then your first time seeing them live and it's all stripped back to, uh, you know, Marshalls on, on display and just jeans and t shirts, it was great seeing them. It was fantastic, but it was just kind of a little bit of a letdown, I thought, you know, and um, it wasn't my favourite album. It's never been my favourite album, that one. Um, holy smoke and uh you know the assassin and, and whatnot We've, you've gone through them already but um a fair few here yeah. it was a, it was a great it's a great first game but yeah not not to kind of at the same level as i would have uh you know expected but um i've seen them like about eight or nine times since
1: yeah it's a good amount i think i've got six or so self mm-hmm. myself since 2000 you know it's been a, quite a few years i skipped out on maybe two or three tours and so you know did you did you skip on the Blaze Bailey tours or you saw them? I,
7: I caught Blaze uh, in, in a small little club in Dublin uh, called the SFX. Um, I think it held about about a thousand people. I was right on Yannick's side, and I was absolutely fucking stone deaf after it in my right ear. Oh. You know, it was yeah. so loud. It was used so to be loud. It used yeah. to be way
1: louder back then. And i mean i like loud sounds i worked with the front of house sound and i got like a name for just doing it loud <laughs> the, the bands and the crowd like that so i wasn't you know i wasn't checking the decibel meters whatsoever i did once when neighbors complained i actually went to their house and i did a decibel meeting from there and they just kind of catered to that because we had to you know you can't get the bar shut but then normally i would play a bit louder than most places and it would sound more natural with those type of bands so I like loud, but there is a level that is way too loud for me. And yeah, yeah, like the, the new sound guy in and I think, is absolutely brilliant. He's great, and he has yeah. like he worked with Justin Bieber before, which is funny. And but I oh, think really I, okay, really liked the dog hall and the sound he had. And of course, he also moderated the volume to legal levels. Mm-hmm. But I think what the, the guy, the Bieber guy, is doing is very good at highlighting whatever is highlighted for that part. So yes. every solo is super clear. Uh, and he he said it himself that everyone has their favorite member. So I can't leave anyone out of the mix. So it's a very, very, I think they sound the best now. When I saw them in 18, it was a great sound. It wasn't loud, but it was great, you know, yeah. no earbugs necessary. So I think it must have been a way different story when you're standing right by Janik Stacks in 1990. It's going to be loud.
7: Yeah, <laughs> I, that was fierce loud. I remember going home with the boss afterwards. And it was like, you know, my ears were ringing.
1: Tinnitus, I've had my fair share of it, but I don't know if there's other versions of it, because mine has never been that bad, you know, it's just the note.
7: Yeah, mine, mine gets triggered now. I'm in a band um, and uh, keyboards, you know, a certain notes on the keyboard, they just kind of catch my ear and it's like, whoa.
1: Frequency perhaps or something? Yeah,
7: something to do with the frequency.
1: Mine is quite low. I think that's why it's all right. And usually I get it when I'm really tired, which means it's not going to hinder me from sleep anyway. So <laughs> I'm really like beat at that point when I starts ringing and okay, I'm going to hit bed and fall asleep in five minutes. Yeah, so it never really annoyed me. But uh, yeah, keep your ears protected, guys, out there. It's important.
7: Absolutely. Teachers, th- told
1: me that. Teachers told me that, and I thought they were dorks, but they were not.
7: <laughs> no, they're not. You can trust me, I'm a nurse. Yeah. There we go. You are. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, that's why the office is so bright. Well, yeah. Since now.
7: It's just a bit bare, really.
4: Uh,
1: bare, and uh, what's the word? Clean? <laughs> you know,
7: it has to be clean. Well, it's utilitarian, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, <What> that? <laughs>
1: Cool. So, uh, yeah, obviously we have a theme today, uh, even though you're kind of now just jumping in. So we're going to have to get you back for a proper episode, of course, with me and Eric. But we have a song theme today, and uh, it's a song that probably was played on all these shows you saw them doing. And it's yeah, 82, so a fair few years before you started even. But did you notice it on, yeah, let's say Live After Death? It must have been a standout, right? It,
7: it stood out on Live After Death for sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's probably one of my... F- Probably my favorite maiden song. It's up there with Infinite Dreams and Evil That Men Do for me. Wow. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's one of the best metal songs ever. You know, alongside the likes of Creeping Death, Back in Black, Master Puppets, Welcome yeah. Welcome to the Jungle, War pigs You know, there's a load of them there. But that, this is one of the classics for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's just the the structure of the song, the way it um, it captures the sort of the range of emotions that this man is going through as he's about to face his own impending death. You know, he kind of goes from reflection at the beginning with the bell ringing, into disbelief, you know, he can't believe this is happening, then into fear, into despair, anger, and eventually kind of acceptance at the end. It's almost like the kind of seven stages of grief happening in in one song, which is Mm. one circle. And uh, it's powerful. I mean, it's just a, a powerful piece of writing, playing, I love the way you know at the beginning, uh, you know Steve is playing that you know the just the, the bass note um along with the bell, yep, and um, you know and he goes the sands of time for me are running do and he kind of does a double stop and it's like you know, it's like the the, the prisoner gulping <laughs> fuck you know Do-doom. it's uh, yeah.
1: from the seventh up to the tonic and. Uh, I love that effect, ever since I was a kid, and I remember when I figured out what he was doing, I put it in all my riffs
7: <laughs> for a nice. while. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The riff yeah. itself is in the, um, the minor harmonic scale, the kind of Norse E minor, you could call it, you know, with the... Right, rhythm. yeah. Actually, in that gong, they go back to normal, natural minor, but uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the riff is in, in the higher seventh, which gives the trollish kind of vibe. makes it more medieval. In a way, you know, yeah, it does sound
7: kind of old and medieval. Yeah, that kind of in a cell, you know, in a cool cell kind of. Yeah.
1: We talked today in Friends of the Beast, the uh, Facebook group, we talked about um, uh, seasons for albums. And uh, we talked about it's a really cold winter right now in Stockholm. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you want the winter maiden, which I think is seven sun and summer in time, but summer in time, early winter, like when it's just dark, perhaps not snow yet neon lights, that kind of stuff, you know, and then sun late winter, almost spring, bright, but cold. And I would say number of the beast for me is late summer, early fall, definitely like August, September. So it's still a bit warm, still a bit humid.
7: Yes, I feel that with with the invaders coming in, it's not, you know, it's kind of getting a bit cold, you know, at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I would say August, September, maybe October, definitely October by the time you're in Hallowed, you know, because then it's rain, it's dark, it's...
7: Yes, it's a bit gloomy, yeah.
1: And uh, I, I will say it more in this episode, but uh, for me, a word that I kept repeating was vivid. It's extremely vivid to me, like the story so easy to understand as a young Swede.
7: Bruce delivers it fantastically with, with emotion and, and and conviction and he's sort of living every word there. And and then, you know, when you get to this sort of breakdown, then, you know, before the solos, um, it's kind of like, you know, all shit's about to break loose. He's about to be walked, you know, about to be walked out to the get, get the news impending around his death. neck. Impending. Yes, impending death. Here it comes. And uh, I think the two solos um, are brilliant, I think. Normally I prefer, because uh, I prefer normally Adrian's solos over Yannick's, but uh, Yannick has taken over Adrian's one in this one. And actually, I think it, it suits the song. You mean live, right? Because live, live. Yeah, sorry. I'm talking. I'm talking live right. now. Yannick actually gets, captures better that fucking, you know, that ape shit feeling that things are going crazy here.
1: Yeah, he uh, has that Richie more looseness to him, but I mean, for me, he's not comparable to Richie because he's, Richie is my favorite uh, electric guitar player ever. So, I mean, then Yannick is just a fan as I am, you know, kind of. But I, I keep defending his style when he gets crazy because it works, it's rocking. And I think Adrian, some people are like, how do you let him do your solos? You I know. know. First thing is just numerics. Like, he has to have some solos. He's been on fewer records. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I think Adrian likes Janik Soling. And he said himself, like, I, I'm not a crazy soloist. I'm he did composed, say that, yeah. I'm and I'm, I'm calm so, and for some of the crazy parts. And of course, we did this song uh, in the on our one year anniversary party. We played it. And I can feel Nico, what he's saying, like, I like to play Aloud. Yeah. It's crazy in the
7: solo. I told him, you, you, you're not, Steve, you, you drop that. You drop that. I'm not playing drums for you.
1: Yeah, exactly and uh, and uh, he he talked uh, precisely about that solo part that you were just on and i agree when that when that comes in you get possessed in some way you get like oh, there's so much energy running through you when you play it or listen
7: yeah back of the neck stuff that you know the hairs in the back of the neck for sure
1: yep um, hair will stand on ends <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and you mentioned the structure uh, i'm crazy about song structures and i'm crazy particularly about this it's perfectly structured. Not once have I listened to it and been, okay, get to it. You know. Yeah. Every just time it's complete entertainment. Just started.
7: so you know, when those when those drum fills start coming in before the solo hits off, you know, like Oh, I'm just waiting for it to go crazy. Um, and again, we're talking live
1: versions now, obviously, because it would be Clive on the... On of the course, next. of course, I am jumping forward now, yeah. Perhaps we've listened more to live versions of this song than the studio one.
7: Yeah, I, I find the studio one is a little bit on this sort of slow side. It just, uh, it, it drags, yeah. a li- drags a little bit for me.
1: Intro is a bit too quick, the clean intro, and then the song is a bit too slow. After yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's a bit lopsided on both ends in that way.
7: I, I just find that the intro kind of, there's a bit of a... L- something a, a lag with the with the bell or something it seems to kind of hang yeah, behind yeah no, it's off time actually so you're yeah. not wrong
1: it is it's clearly off time i think in a couple of hits but that's kind of cool for me that they kept it that way you know mm. so clearly a live band still and then you know, i think they used the tubular bells for that one or perhaps some other way of recording bells but they used to tubular, tubular bells the instrument live for quite quite a few years before michael Kenny started triggering Um, the bell sounds on a key backstage so i'm not sure what they did on the record but it's uh, definitely right it's out of time a little bit and a bit
7: overall stressed it just Uh, yeah it adds to that stress feel doesn't it yeah
1: normally i prefer every song with uh, clive that he was originally on but i think nico's take on this song is really good Uh, i don't have many complaints some people complain that he's doing too much tinkle tankle in the intro but I don't yes. mind, I like Tinkle Tankle. I always tell my drummers, can you Tinkle Tankle this bit a bit? <laughs> you know, just fill it up with some cymbals. It's nice for clean parts,
7: I think. Was it you that was playing the piece um, there recently uh, from the, the 2006, from the uh, live studio bit, where he was kind of uh, doing those flourishes on the cymbals?
1: Yeah, that was what I was referring to, uh, the podcast Talking Maiden, Canadian one. They played oh, that. Right. They yes, uh, prefer, prefer Clive, and I see where they're coming from. I normally do. But this in this case, I quite like Nico's take on it, and I think that live in the studio, 08, was it? Oh seven? Yeah, was, yeah.
7: Oh, yeah, around then.
1: I think that's really good, and I have to say, kind of uh, maybe for the first time in this podcast, uh, I will reprimand myself a bit on brighter than a thousand suns. I wasn't crazy about that when we did the episode, but the live 08 in studio, yeah, wow, very yeah. very good. yeah, and I felt a little bit slightly in the wrong on listening that song because that was as good as Hallowed to me that that particular mm-hmm. on it exactly. you know and with as much as, as much conviction
7: yes cool. yeah that's a great bit of footage those three songs yep fantastic uh, yeah yeah
1: uh, so, um do you have more uh, do you have something more that needs to be said on on Hallowed
7: um anything else uh no I uh, just uh you, you heard that story that Nico um said about you when he you know when he stands up on the on the drum throne at the end and he's pointing at Davy and he's like um. you know Davy's doing his like you know uh his build up to the to the end <laughs> and he fell off the drums too and he fell into the drums at once i think it was in new zealand or something he said but um,
1: wasn't it's it even wasn't it even a floor tom that he used to stand? Oh, on? it was a floor tom. It was. Yeah. A floor tom. they're not built the same way.
7: <laughs> they used to be like, maybe you're not built. I'm a few pounds lighter, boys and girls. <laughs> a few pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: so. Yeah, he's quite tall. You know, he's quite tall, and he's getting a bit fatter. But uh, I think he looks like the kind of low weight fat guy. You know,
7: just got the belly there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I may, he may be right also that the floor toms are not built the same anymore. I don't.
7: <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like an excuse, right? Pull <clears throat> it through it that's about all I've got for this but um yeah it's been great to talk on on hallowed it's a great great track it's yeah one of the best uh,
1: how how has your friendship been um i mean since um, the reunion have you kept listening as much or like did you waver at any time in in your maiden listening
7: um no i think i got back into that. i mean i during blaze time i i did waver and i didn't pay as much attention to be honest um, as I, as I would have done, but you know, ever since Brave New World, I've been, uh, you know, I probably listen to Maiden nearly every other day. Uh, yeah, been just as interested.
1: That's right. Yeah,
7: nice. And, uh, yeah, loving it. I'm, I'm. I get this fear that you know, w- 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 when it ends, you know, that'll be a huge chunk of my life that will be empty. Right, but it seems like it's going to survive somehow. I think it's. I don't think it's going to stop any time just yet. No.
1: I talked to my friend the other day, a good friend from bands past and, you know, days past and current days. And he said, he, we were talking about how bands like Metallica are Maiden, and Black Sabbath are probably going to survive in a similar fashion to how the classic, uh, the Vienna classics survived, you know, Beethoven and all that, That it's going to be reproduced, you know, by yes. new, new Blood is going to come in and reproduce the songs and somehow the bands are going to stay eternally alive, I think, in a way that is pretty cool yeah yeah you know it's like it, it's clear that we still lean on these bands if you're into hard rock or heavy metal you still lean on the classic bands they are the classics it's really hard to come through we'd have we had those we had those discussions on this pod uh, about modern metal that could be the our maiden to some kid and sure but i'm sure also that when they grow a little older they're going to go back to black sabbath our maiden yeah yeah they i think they're becoming evergreens for real and i think they're going to be played live and on record uh, for a lot of years, you know, longer than we will survive. Let's hope.
0: We we do have a very sort of a lovely, sort of reoccurring, uh, uh, group of you know re- returning. Uh, you, you could call them guests, or some of them probably would sort of one could say almost like almost like at this point, like kind of semi co host sometimes. Uh, and there's one guy who I think everyone assumed was going to be on this, and indeed he is.
1: There's no alter ego or anything here. You know, it's uh, it's Fergal Trainer. Indeed. Here we go, last segment, Fergal, Eric, and me, Hallow be the name. So we go with us, Fergal. Hey, how's it going? Going well. As you know, we've actually been talking for a bit.
8: Already. I do know, I do yeah, know.
1: Catching up, <laughs> catching up. But uh, yeah, we of course needed your voice here on the "Hello, Be Thy Name" super extravaganza special episode. Mm. It's a song that uh, I'd like to hear most Maiden fans low down on, and uh, I guess you could start in either direction. Uh, let's let's hear it. Spill the beans.
8: Right, yeah. "Hello, Be Thy Name" is one of my favorite Iron Maiden songs. Probably, actually, my favorite, but. As you know, I don't really place too much importance on these things, but um, it's the one I would return to time and time again, even if I just want to listen to one Iron Maiden song, if I have a small window of time and I want to listen to it. Um, it's, I'd say, definitive Iron Maiden in that if I wanted to tell somebody about the band, but not explain it with words, just show them a song and let them listen to it, um, I would play Hallowed Be the Name for them to let them know what Iron Maiden is all about. It's got Bruce's fantastic vocals. Um, excellent dual guitar, brilliant instrumental passages, very good lyrics, although some of them were nicked from somebody else. and In general, it's just a its a great encapsulation of everything that makes Iron Maiden brilliant.
1: Right, and we've talked before about you not r- really liking to rank things and have favourites, but sometimes, right, a song is so good that it doesn't matter if you're a ranker, if you're a wanker, or whatever you are, <laughs> you will feel that this song is something special. And I think Hallowed is that type of song right you don't have to be a ranker no like it's just you feel that this is so fucking good (laughs) this is so well written performed produced everything right definitely
8: yeah and it's like it's one song that i will never ever tire of seeing at a concert as well i know they pretty much play it all the time they dropped it for a portion of the book of souls tour but i would never tire of seeing that while i would tire of seeing number of the beast or hearing whatever way you want to put it but at a concert Uh, I've said before on another podcast, Number of the Beast is my going for a piss song, because I've heard it a billion times before, and for some reason it's just, if I'm going to sacrifice a song, I'll sacrifice Number of the Beast, and I would never sacrifice Hallowed Be The Name, and I'd never Mm. sacrifice Fear of the Dark either, actually, those two are kind of the staples for me of... If they're in the encore, I'm definitely going to listen to them. There's no way I'm going anywhere else. And yeah, it's it's evergreen as as a word I'd use to describe it. it. It sounds just as fresh today as it sounds on the album from 1982, which is nearly 40 years old. And yep. it's it, it's just like the minute the guitar starts uh, at the very start of the song, you're hooked, and it's it's like you're 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 paying attention for every last second of that song. I'd never turn it off. I'd never skip it. It's just a brilliant song.
1: It really is, right? And uh... Maybe, yeah. I was thinking about that with um, uh, with the live thing. When they disincluded it on um, Book of Souls tour and also on the live chapter thing, Mm. I kind of dug that because I think it's one of the best songs they've done. Could be the best. But also when when you lose that, it's like, what can replace it? You got Blood Brothers at the end. You got Wasted Years at the end. And that was beautiful in a different way. So for me, no song is actually a staple. Like even my favorite songs of this band, no song is obligatory to me. You can you can skip them, but of course you should play Halo, right? It's it's the ultimate, uh, especially towards the end of the set, or a little bit earlier, like they did in uh, nineteen ninety. They played it as the fifth track. Yeah. Also, a way to just you know kind mm. of uh, put power in the show, I guess.
8: I think they played it early on. Give me Ed till I'm dead as well, um, if I recall correctly, because I was at that. That was my first ever Iron Maiden concert, and I didn't mm-hmm. know the setlist going into it. And uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm just going to look it up there. Yeah, uh, it was a yeah,
1: yeah. balling setlist, that one.
8: That was unbelievable, yeah. And I was like, we're getting Hallowby the name already. I couldn't believe it.
1: Mm. They uh, opened with Number on that one. Yeah, they did. that was really I cool. I think that's a pretty cool spot for Number of the Beast. Maybe open. that was it then, was it? Maybe they, Maybe that was what I'm thinking of. Because I think sometimes Number of the Beast suffers live because of fatigue on the part of the band. You know, that this song, that's an energetic tune. So it should be played with energy. And I think yeah. the opening, opening with it in '03 with the playing form and the singing form they had at that year, that was cool. Eric, did you see that show? You did, right? I did
0: indeed, and I thought it was very cool. That that, that seems like it was a, a perfect, you know,
1: yeah. opener.
8: so they played a fifth as well in 2003. Ah, um, there you go. 1990 yeah, so style. What an opening. But Listen to these. Number of the Beast, The Trooper, Die With Your Boots On, Wasn't Expecting That, Revelations and Hollow Be Their Name. My God.
0: Ah. Uh, just unbelievable. That that was a that was a that was an ing- fucking yeah. It Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. That's I, have the, I have the poster uh, from that gig uh, framed in the other room here. It's such a yeah. Um, um it seems like hallowed. I was thinking me and Henrik have speculated sometimes about like, you know, let's say um if if they do get to a point where they're gonna do like a final, this is our last tour, this is our last gig, I think there's a big chance the last song played could be hallowed. Yeah or we're under the
1: hills, i imagine. We, and we played more. that last last saturday yes you did and we are working on new set lists now and i tried a few combos and but everyone was kind of unanimous that uh hallowed should be last you know i had mm-hmm. a few others in mind because we have, it's a double set compared to what we did the new one it's two hours so it's a ton of material but hallowed mm. still kind of sits firmly at the end
8: do you know what's funny yeah. as well it's like it's almost commercial sounding even though it's definitely yeah. a heavy metal song and it's full of like electric guitar solos and like you know like operatic vocals and all the things that make heavy metal what it is but like for example Toomey, who you know from the feckin check-in likes how to yeah. be their name but he has zero interest in heavy metal absolutely none whatsoever but he likes yeah. that song um so it's like it has this kind of commercial leaning it's so melodic that it's almost commercial leaning but it's not in any way like a sellout or like uh, i don't know metallica doing like oh, no, uh, they, enter sandman or anything like that
1: they don't have any sellout songs no to be fair. no but, not really but like, definitely but, not this one you yeah know. but I'm it's like totally it's, with you
8: it's so tuneful that it's like
1: Tuneful app- is a word. yes yeah. a good word. It can
8: appeal to, to non metal fans yeah. as well, which I think is great because it, pretty much everybody knows it. Uh,
1: all the variations they do, you know, around the, the basic theme, which is the um, yeah that thing or the fast version. You, hmm. This it's a very simple little thing. It's the E minor scale, hmm. which is synonymous with heavy metal. Yeah. It's super standard. Uh, and uh, But they kind of, or Steve, found so many ways to look at it from different angles. So to me, it's almost like a full-on uh, dramatized movie scene, a mm-hmm. movie at large, because you have the different angles. This is from the character's angle in the beginning here in the cell, mm-hmm. and it kind of lights up, you know, when you get to, uh, to this uh, harmony above, which is this one.
8: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's very classical music, very European sounding, and it opens up the kind of there is like a, a glimmer of hope in the song, I think, <laughs> which reflects in the lyrics too. Yeah. So it's dark as hell. It's the mm. doomy doomy story, right? It's an execution, a medieval execution. Mm. Can't get much darker. But that glimmer of light and you know uh, life down here is just a strange illusion. Yeah. There's something about that. There's something in the music that completely ties in with the lyrics and the story and yep. the scenery. Just, you know. Just
0: too bad those lyrics happen to be from another song.
1: <laughs> the best lyrics are from another song. Yeah. We addressed rested on stage and yeah. you know in, in, in the live segment of this yeah. episode, and we did. Yeah, it's
8: a sh- it's a shame. Like initially, I was very annoyed with Steve Harris at the time. Um, I remember being in. When was it? Like was it the 2016 or 2017 tour they dropped it? Maybe 2017 was it? I think it
0: was 2016 when they when, they, when it was the Book of Souls. Uh, yeah. yeah.
8: Anyway, I remember being in, maybe it was in Gothenburg or somewhere, in a hotel before going to the gig, and uh, friends of ours, like friends of mine, were, um, we, we christened Steve Harris, Steele Harris,
1: <laughs> and we were yes, like... <laughs> I use that all the time, I got it yeah, from you. Yeah,
8: and we were like, we were qu- quite annoyed, like, and Pee is uh, a friend of mine, he's a Swedish guy, uh, his name's Per Person, uh, people call him Pee. and uh, he, um, he's um he been to Iron Maiden like over 50 times, like, he's probably more than anyone I've ever met in real life, and um. He was really like, he's like, oh, I'm thinking of selling all my records, all my T-shirts, blah, blah, blah. He was really (laughs) down about the whole thing. But I think eventually I just forgave it because when you realize how commonplace it is in music and especially in rock music in general to lift or steal. Now, this was kind of wholesale thievery almost nearly. But to lift or steal or be influenced by a piece of music or a lyric. And like, I mean, all their songs are named after titles of films or books or whatever, like, you know, it's not as if they're like the most original thematically, like, of any band I've ever heard. Um, so I just kind of forgave Steve Harris eventually. Not that he cares if I did or No, him. thank you. But no, man. <laughs> and well, I just I mean, said, it's though, a great yeah. song, so let's just, like, for, forget about it. I'm sure they paid them off and they gave them their money and whatever the hell. So, like...
1: Yeah, I mean, my take on The Steel is a very simple one. And it's about music and the history of music. Uh, let's imagine that the record industry never came about. Music was around for thousands of years before that and will be after that that's a fact and what is it about for me i tend to be i'm very into folk music um, history and and the music itself too and it's about telling tales retelling tales and you know a wandering tale that's a swedish phrase is that possible in english wandering tale you know wandering tale that goes from person to person oh yeah
8: i know exactly what you mean yeah So it's handed down true to generations. kind of. Yeah,
1: handed down. And I think in that sense, you know, if you feel something when you listen to, um, this is called Life's Shadow, I think, the the song by Beckham. If you feel something there and you feel something in the lyrics and you're like, I could put this as the climax of a heavy metal epic Mm. by proportions of uh, Phantom of the Opera. I could put this in here as an existential thing. I think it's a great steal. It's a great steal. I support it. And I think they should get some cash. They got some cash, so I'm fine. I'm fine. You know. I,
0: I'm sure they made more off this happening than they would have had of the song. you know, just on oh, the absolutely, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, they they're doing all
1: right. Yeah, you know, it's just like Diamond Head when they got asked, uh, "What do you think about Metallica?" I know, bless those chaps. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's a bit of cash for them, you know. Garage came out in the CD era, so that was yeah. probably lucrative. Oh yeah. oh yeah, probably the peak yeah, yeah.
8: of the CD era, actually. I'd say just before Napster. Yeah. But uh, Brian Tatler has said he's made more money from Metallica covering four of those songs than ever from any of his own music, like. Uh, which
1: is Bless awesome. those
8: chefs. What I was going <laughs> to say is if you ever read any interviews with Richie Blackmore, I read a great one there recently. It was posted on the Twitter page of old Kerrang issues. There's a Twitter account and he just blatantly acknowledges the songs he robs from and even mentions them in some cases. And he's like, oh, I stole that from this. And it's just like, but he's also... come up
1: Summertime, with s- Black Night. For example, right, yeah. Black Knight is—he lifted the yeah. baseline from Summertime.
8: Yeah, and he's like, he—he's also come up with lots of original riffs and all that type of stuff. But he doesn't give a shit, and it's kind of a nice attitude to have, I think, because like, as you said, like music traditionally handed down through the generations, all riffs have been written. Yes, probably not all lyrics, but like, it's not like it's not the biggest crime in the world. Like, there's worse things <laughs> that <laughs> no, have I mean,
0: happened. E- even even this is this isn't stealing per se. But if I say if I say the titles. I say blue suede shoes. Who do you think about? Uh, Elvis, Elvis Presley, of course. He, he didn't write that. Luther Perkins. Uh, sorry, Carl yeah. Perkins wrote that. Yeah, and
1: Elvis didn't even write his songs though. He had no. a, a black ghost writer. You
0: know? or if, or if I say, uh, if I say, uh, like, if I say boy named Sue, you're going to th- boy named Sue. You're going to think of Johnny Cash. He didn't write that either. That's a cover. Actually, I, uh, I was people I was, think of that as a Johnny Cash song.
8: I was shocked reading a biography of Johnny Cash years ago. Sorry, this is very off topic. Um, and I well, realized he didn't write anything at all, very little of his songs. Like may- maybe um, I Walk the Line or yeah. something, but like, he wrote very few of his songs. Um, but country music is very incestuous.
1: Like. Traditionally, artists don't really compose. Artists mm. are artists. They yeah. perform songs. Yeah. And the same with that whole folk thing, and we're talking country now, that's heavily connected to folk Mm. music. We're talking Richie Blackmore, he's heavily connected to folk music. Mm. So I think that's why he can sit with a straight face and just talk about his stealing, because for him, that's part of music. For me, that's part of music, too. And now I got to compare myself to Richie. Oh, yeah.
8: (laughs) Here's one for you, actually, seeing as you've been doing this podcast for a while. Have you ever heard somebody stealing your opinion and saying it on another podcast? or stealing something uh, yes. you said yeah I, i've noticed yeah. this a few times over the last year or so and uh something that came out of my mouth coming out of somebody else's mouth almost word for word not on your podcast by the way but on other ones <laughs> and i'm like that was i said that <laughs> and, <laughs> and i don't know if it's deliberate or not but i, I made my peace with it actually but uh, initially i was like oh, that
1: that was it's a compliment for me
8: Yeah. When I
1: hear it, I feel I feel good. Yeah, it's a compliment. And none of I mean, what I do here, Eric, have to speak for himself. But what I do here, I don't see as my creation or my, you know, uh, my life's work or what I've, you know, composed and presented. Uh, I'm rambling, right? I'm talking. Uh, So if someone repeats it, they've listened. And that's That's all I need. That's that's all I need.
0: Yeah, but that's, I, that's I'm fine with that. I mean, it, it's it's uh, just a you know series of I mean, especially with you know it's just a series of uh, happy accidents when stuff kind of work out and mm-hmm. become you know you, a lot of times I'll you know I sort of try to derail stuff with ridiculous jokes and you know that's I'm not you know of course it would annoy me slightly if someone took <laughs> credit for something you know, this joke I made and said it was a, a little bit yeah. but that means also again they're listening them true yeah just quickly so I saw a guy on Twitter a while back this is years ago actually it was a. Uh, uh, Flirting with some, a girl, who was a friend friend of mine, and she was he was like, uh, or maybe he wasn't a friend of mine. Doesn't matter. But he was flirting with her, you know, using all these like lyrics and saying all this profound stuff. And I was like, she she thinks this is his stuff, right? So not just I. What I did was I just linked the Counting Crows songs that he'd stolen stuff from, and that feels <laughs> like quickly So he was coming in
1: like, uh, I'm waiting in my <laughs> cold <Yeah>. cell.
8: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did he tell her her hair reminded him of a warm, safe place where as a child he'd hide?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good one, Fergal. I might use that. I'm very into into hair, hair, you know. (laughs) There you go. That's for free. Thanks, Axel. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So that goes for the whole stealing part of it and everything. Uh, Let's talk a bit about the lyrics. Mm. And uh, not about the stolen thing about the actual lyrics.
8: Do you know what I love, actually? I love at the start, it says, "'Cause at five o'clock they take me to the gallows pole." You don't really hear that in songs very often. It's like very specifically naming the time, and you're obviously, like, you're probably guessing maybe it's midday or something. (laughs) It's like, shit, it's in five hours. Um, I just like the way they call that out there. Uh, I don't know why it stands out to me. It's always stood out to me, that line.
1: And with that, uh, they do a thing that Steve is doing quite often when he paints uh, the music according to the lyrics. There is this in *The Longest Day* with the uh, waves crashing to the cliffs. Uh, Nico mm. is doing something on the drums, mm. and five o'clock they play a faint bell in the background with the uh, harmonics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that rings five o'clock. Mm. Wow, you know. Mm. Yeah, and That's
8: then cool. uh, I love the bit where it goes into "Can it be that there's some sort of error heart to stop the surmounting terror? Is it really the end? Not some crazy dream? That is like." Those lyrics are excellent, of course. Um, I mean, I know the rhyming error with terror, but I'll forgive them there because it's delivered so well (laughs) by Bruce. And you really do feel the kind of anxiety that this person is feeling. It's like, can there be some sort of error? Maybe he didn't commit the crime that he's been accused of and being hanged for, uh, possibly.
1: That happened quite a bit, I imagine. So, yeah. Like that, or even, you know, like the whole thing, the whole gambit of, of humanity is some kind of error you you could feel. Yeah. Like uh, if you make it political mm. in a way, you know, maybe it's a political yeah. thing. He had yeah. to be the the scapegoat for something, perhaps, yeah. that someone, some nobleman mm. did or, you know, yeah. something like that. Possibly. And like yeah. maybe this is some kind I of go. error. Maybe mm. I, like, this isn't fair, you know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if
0: this is based off... Um, any particular person or like it's like somebody he read about I, I probably
1: not but it could you know you never know yeah. right very vivid isn't it vivid stuff
8: oh absolutely i love when he says eh, tears flow but why am i crying after all i'm not afraid of dying don't i believe that there never is an end it's like he's trying to convince himself of his atheism but when he's confronted with it he doesn't really know if he is an atheist anymore oh, um, that's so cool that's so yeah. cool and then he's like, as the guards march me out to the courtyard, somebody's cries from his cell, cell, but God be with you. If there's a God, why has he let me go? So in the space of, like, two little bits of the song, he's kind of gone, I don't I don't believe in God. Shit, why has God done this to me? And it's like, it's so quick, the turnaround there.
1: It's so awesome. And you can see in front of you, he's walking past that cell, and you can see that guy in rags. God be with you. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There's an old saying about, uh, yeah, all
0: right, yeah. So there's, it's a... Uh... There's, there are no atheists in foxholes, meaning the fact that when you're sort of, like, up up against, you're, like, you're faced with, like, well, I'm going to probably die not too, soon, not, not too
1: long from now, uh, you know, your people tend yeah, to... Yeah, like uh, the you know. Opeth song, Harvest, from Blackwater Park, is about a dying man.
8: Mm-hmm. I love that song, but I have no idea what the lyrics are. It's about <laughs> a
1: dying man. I mean, his lyrics are pretty, it's a lot of bullshit, actually, to be honest. I'm mm. a big fan, so I'm saying that mm. with love. But uh, mm. that particular theme of Harvest is, is mm-hmm. cool. It's a dying man. He's regretting things he's done. And he's, you know, he's becoming that deathbed Christian, if you will. Mm. You know, that, mm. f- oh, shit, I want to yeah. reconcile. I, you know, I want to go out from this place fair, yeah. fair and square. I don't want to be be the asshole I've actually been, you know, mm. or something like that. So it's a cool theme.
8: Or do you know um, do you know the band Muse, the English yeah. band? Yep. They have a song called Thoughts of a Dying Atheist, which I always really yep. liked. And, uh,
1: Absolution, I think. Or
8: Maybe. I can't remember yeah. now, but he's like the chorus is like and it scares the hell out of me and the end is all i can see and i mean maybe when when you are faced with death you fucking just flip <laughs> to a 180 yeah.
1: Yeah. i could think so i mean uh, i don't have too many references of that like uh, my aforementioned grandfather when he died at 89 he wasn't ready to but he yeah. was just you know so involved in his projects until he did so mm. he wanted to be around and for me it was more like you had a great run you know, mm-hmm. you had a really good run. Of course, I was sad, mm-hmm. but I felt that it was a success. But the death yeah. is death, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, you know, he could he could have lived twice as long. He might not have felt ready. Same time as people who are like so. you know, you know, way younger who don't want to be around. Exactly. So that's
1: exactly. True. Yeah. proves for a good ground of uh, thought. I think if you put death as the center topic. It becomes very philosophical. It's not so much about uh, imagining the guillotine or the, the, the noose. Or, it's not so much about uh, actually imagining him, his actual death. It's way more about the, the surrounding thoughts and the philosophy around it. Mm. And those Nick lyrics mm. work so good for that. I mean, like, I It chills every time with uh, maybe life down here is just a strange illusion. It's mm. such a philosophical statement that could be very much true as well.
8: It's very religious, uh, the whole song in general, actually, really. It's like uh, kind of the start, maybe, of their flirtations with religion, which they had a lot of over the years. mm -hmm. Obviously, the Number of the Beast, the song itself, is is a reference to the Bible. But, um, yeah. um,
0: Well, you know, the title is is a bit from the the Lord's Prayer. Our
8: Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There you go. You used to have to say that every day in school, and uh, and at secondary school, before every class, because I went to a Christian brother secondary school. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. That's nuts. had to stand up and do a prayer when the teacher walked into the room.
1: Wow, yeah. We have a different situation, us three, when it comes to religion in our lives, I think. Mm. Very different.
0: Yeah, but... Yeah, I had a little bit of that, but not the same level, so, I mean, I, yeah, so... But.
8: Which, yeah, before going home in primary school, you said the Our Father, and then you said what the hell was the other prayer? You said another prayer. Um,
1: Blessed are the meek. I don't know. (laughs)
8: Blessed are the (laughs) (laughs)
1: cheesemakers. But uh, it tickles. uh, definitely tickles something with me when you get into religious territories and theological territories. I find it sometimes even more interesting than secular philosophy because Mm. there's something grand and dramatic about it and it's very thought-provoking, no matter if you're a believer or not.
8: Oh, yeah, it makes for great song lyrics and song concepts. Um, I'm always quite mm. drawn to it, even though I'm not a believer, but I'm always quite drawn to it. And uh, the fear of God, the fear of eternity and death, it's a great subject matter for heavy metal. It always has been.
1: Yeah. And also the fear of it, but also like, like as I said with the music, when the higher harmony comes, that is a more um, uh, light spirited one. There's a the fear of it, but it's also a slight comfort that maybe this was hell.
8: I've never seen it like that before, until you mentioned it. But yeah, it's a very good observation. All right,
1: like a, so that's the two sides of it—the yin and the yang, right? The the, the yin would be, or the yang—I don't know which one is dark, but that would be—I'm being executed. I'm not even a believer. What the hell is this? Is this some kind of error? And the light side is. Maybe it's just an illusion. Maybe life is a bit of a joke. Mm. I say sometimes, and I yeah. believe sometimes that it is such case. And you know, that's the yeah. that's the two the two forces that keep the lyric together no. yeah. and goes perfect tandem with the music.
8: Absolutely, yeah. And and what a hugely influential song. Like I could hear bits of that in um, Metallica's latest album.
1: Uh, oh yeah, in Atlas Rise. Mm.
8: Yeah, is that the song? Yeah, and yeah. I was listening to. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like nearly the same riff.
1: The working title was N-W-O-B-H-M.
8: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. there you go. Because yeah. I, I, um, one of my friends slags me like uh, He says that all I like is New Wave of British Heavy Metal. And it's just a running <laughs> joke kind of thing. And I'd be sending him stuff going, that's not New Wave of British Heavy Metal. He'd be like, it is. <laughs> or like, would be like, be like, did you enjoy your new wave of British Heavy Metal Festival at the weekend? <laughs> or but, uh, at least
1: you picked the best genre. <laughs> yeah. You should only pick one. But, but uh, I know you listen to other stuff too.
8: He's a massive Metallica fan. He does as well. He just likes to take the piss out of me. But uh, he's a massive Metallica fan and um, he was like down the front when they played in Slane in Ireland uh, a couple of years ago and everything. Oh, like I saw that
1: show, the full one on uh, on YouTube. Great show. Yeah, cool place. Good. Castle really yeah,
8: place. Slane Castle, yeah. Um, cool. But... Uh, when that album came out hardwired uh what it's called hardwired, hardwired to, self-destruct. to self-destruct i messaged him immediately and i was like lots of new album on this album darren yeah <laughs> just to annoy him.
1: <laughs> i love that they got in get into the harmonies because uh, i mean i've always been more of a sabbath and maiden fan than a metallica fan but mm-hmm. i think when Ma- when metallica are doing maiden style harmonies they get uh, hetfield has another sense of he's a different uh melodist you know he makes yeah. them different and i think he makes really cool harmonies you can find some brilliant mm. yeah. ones on uh, master puppets already uh, already yeah. on ride lightning and mm. they always have that kind of different american fatness in the harmonies i don't know what yeah. it is uh, yeah yeah I, I, I think i know what you mean yeah i love it when he's get, when he's getting influenced by british heavy metal
8: me too they should do it more yeah definitely and i I noticed for a long time he didn't really acknowledge iron maiden or or lars really in interviews very often but then i noticed on one of the recent tours he was wearing like one of his patch jackets and he had an iron maiden patch on the jacket he
1: put uh, paul diano in his top 10 vocalists ever as well
8: did he okay yeah but you don't really see that too often like the, the, the blatant acknowledgement of one of the other heavyweights by another band and so did Rob Halford actually at one of the recent Judas Priest tours had an Iron Maiden patch on his jacket, um, which you don't really see coming
1: to their senses.
0: Yeah, exactly. They also had, um, I think it was uh, um, fairly recently in the sort of whole sort of like slew of like fucking interviews they were doing for uh, Jitsu. At some point, I know Bruce did mention, you know, that the uh, that he that he did. Was indeed a fan of the Black Album, or more so that it was, you know, a, a big game changer in a positive way. And which is, you know, he, he he's not been particularly positive about Metallica over the Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, he said terrible things. So that about was funnier. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I
8: mean, like, th- is that Bruce just been like? I mean, it's the 30th anniversary now of bl- the Black Album. It's cool again. Is that Bruce just been like? Oh, maybe I should say something positive because that's what everyone else is saying. Uh, or does nah, he actually? I think he's honest.
1: <laughs> I think he's honest. Think actually so? Is. Yeah. I think he's a fan of. He's a fan of heavy music in this band. I think he would be the biggest fan of heavy music in Iron Maiden. Um, possibly, no, it's him. He's the biggest fan of, of heavy shit. He's the guy that wanted to tune down and do Chemical Wedding. He's the guy that likes fresh riffs. I think mm. Yannick would probably be second, but Bruce, I think he likes the heavy stuff.
8: Yeah, I and think Steve he just can... really likes the old hard rock and prog really at the heart of it all.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, he'd never aged he never yeah. aged. He's, he's the same guy. He's 16, 17. He's the same yeah. guy, but with, yeah. more, uh, with more meat on the bones, I guess. Yeah. It's about and a bloke, isn't it? He's, he's going <laughs> to be bro. hanged. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> I mean, on this song, right, speaking of that, you don't need any lyrical explanations, right? That's the perfect thing, because I heard it at age 12, first time. Uh, yeah. Again, second language, English. I understood mm. everything. Mm. There was nothing in it that was vague to me or contrived, or mm. it was so clear, just like Flight of Icarus was. One of those lyrics is just like completely straightforward, but still yeah. po- poetic, is maybe yeah. one of yeah. his most poetic. What do you think, Fergal? Like, yeah, I, I completely Steve?
8: agree with you. And obviously, some of the lyrics are yeah. stolen, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it's, it's really, really well written lyrically, uh, even the bits that weren't stolen, like if you just cut out the bit that was. Like, um, and yeah, it's, it's dramatic. Poetic. Um, it's like a. It's like a. It's just like a piece of literature almost. I nearly say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like well, cultural piece, I guess. You know. Yeah. We referenced film. We referenced literature. It's just like it's very alive. Uh, I've said vivid seven times, and now I've said it again. <laughs> uh, but it, it really is. And uh, and yeah. uh, what do you think musically? Then Fergal, we always talk a lot of lyrics with you because you're good at that. Uh, but you're good at music too. So what do you think musically? Like, uh, I, how, how, how would you I describe?
8: There, there are so many, like you played a couple of them earlier. There are so many earworm riffs in this song that just get inside you, and I think musically, like yeah. it's, a, it's an eargasm to listen to. Mm. Yes, I actually nearly prefer the um, instrumental passages in it and the vocals because it just gets so intense and it's like layers and layers of just, as I said earlier, tunefulness and it's it's so fucking catchy as well. You just find yourself, yep. like if, if I was doing the dishes and I had that on, I'd just like
1: And there's no chorus. There's <laughs> yeah, no exactly. Chorus. exactly. Uh,
8: and the, the, the chorus is the guitar riffs and yep. it, it's just, um, it's musically very pleasing to the ear i find and 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 like going back to my point about it being almost commercial other people as well although the one person actually i I found that that never liked it my brother who has no interest in heavy metal i remember i was watching the rock and rio dvd early one morning in my parents house i woke up and watched it early because i just got it and um he woke up and he came down i was like ah fuck and he's like Hello be thy name is on. He's like, I don't know, Ferg, I don't think if I, I don't think I like Iron Maiden. I was like, ah, you just don't get it at all. <laughs> yeah. But, uh,
6: yeah.
8: it's the only negative reaction I've ever heard to that song. But um yeah, it's it's musically I just think it's 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 excellent. It's complete representation of what they're about. And I think maybe in some ways they've probably been trying to recapture it as well, uh, over the years with other songs, but maybe never quite have. And it's parts a high point. Of
1: it. Parchment has parts of it In how they structured it And how they made it feel And Parchment is a great track Yeah Uh, So our maiden are now At that age When you have to Yeah A bit of self-reference A bit of self-stealing We talked about Hardwired before It's shockful of that Shockful Mm. of that But uh, for me A band at at that age And that stature Of course they should They should It's a
8: good point With the Parchment Because I find the Parchment Is very similar It builds and builds And has multiple riffs And variations on riffs And um, it's very guitar oriented For a song Like um, it's It's like there's, like, there's a lot of lyrics as well, but it's very long. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good example. But I don't think they've ever quite captured Hallow Be The Name
1: ever since. No, no. But I don't think anyone no, no. ever will. For me, it's the best heavy metal song of all time.
0: Hmm. I, I, I remember I, I, I found, like, I'd, I'd written stuff down to say during the live pod, but didn't say it because I, I, I lost the, my notes. But, but I was going to say, for me, this song is, like, if, if, if aliens sort of came down to Earth and said, all right, give us, like, like one
1: song to show why we should annihilate you, like, it'd yeah. be this one. And it's that, it's like a very realistic
8: scenario as well, so just keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, so just keep it in mind. <laughs> I mean, it
1: would definitely represent heavy metal or metal to me. Mm. Like, not even heavy metal, or definitely not even British heavy metal or the new wave of British heavy metal. This is metal. Yeah. This is how you do metal. Without it's a just doubt. like, you don't need uh, an explanation. Yeah. I don't even need to say why it's how mm. you do heavy metal. Just listen to it. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, there's going to be no questions asked. Mm.
8: Yeah, It's, it's the a, track. I could imagine if like a mainstream television station was doing a, a, a documentary or a piece on heavy metal or something, if they were dipping yeah. into what to choose put, to put in as background music, this would probably be choice number one. I um, yeah. would definitely put that in as a representation of heavy metal. And I think if you asked anybody, if you went to a rock bar or you went to a concert, tell me a heavy metal mm. song, they'd put, most likely name this, or it might be Run to the Hills or Number of the Beast, but it'd probably be something off that album. Um, and that, that, yeah. that, they really captured... Yeah. the zeitgeist uh, yeah, with this album did. and that's especially a, this song
1: probably the coolest German yeah, word in definitely. the world zeitgeist <laughs> that's a cool word but I think yeah this one I mean if you could say Phantom of the Opera is also a complete heavy metal masterpiece and the f- genre defining but I yeah. would say this one wins uh, in, the, in the big picture not necessarily in my, in mm. my uh, own taste but in the big picture it wins because it's simpler it's mm. more coherent it's more um, cohesive it's just like Wow, yeah. and I, I often mention, mention structures, and it's perfectly structured. Mm. There's not a dull second, and all of the riffs are similar. The lyrics are spares, or the singing is sparse. It's not that much singing mm. in it. But the structure is so engaging, uh, I can listen to it over and over. Never yeah. gets dull.
8: No, you know. never.
1: Yeah, wow. And
8: I think the, the, the one difference for me between this and Phantom of the Opera is I think Bruce is a better singer than Paul Diano and that would that would like put it ahead in the rankings for me yeah
1: it adds more drama to it even though i will give paul a feather for because philip addressed the other week uh, that he couldn't see paul doing epic characters like genghis khan was the example mm. and in phantom he's actually doing an epic kind of portray but he's the victim right he's not the phantom he's the yeah. victim being tortured no. and so in that way he could probably do the victim in hallowed but he couldn't do the singing that bruce mm. is doing in the song and it may no. be the song that cements why Iron made and needed a vocalist change. Not, I mean, this include all the drugs and this this demeanor, misdemeanor. Mm, mm. This include all that. They still needed Bruce, and you can hear it in this song.
8: They really, really did, yeah, yeah. and I don't think they would have. I mean, like it's easy to to go back and say all this stuff now, but like really though, I don't think they would have been as successful as they are with Paul D'Anno at the no helm. Way. It's not, it's not as it doesn't have as much crossover potential. Uh, when it's Paul Diano singing, because it's a more gruff, raspy kind of voice, which traditionally isn't the best kind of voice. <laughs> it's just like it's,
4: you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like
8: a clean, a clean and clear tone is, is always kind of favoured, even in most genres of music, really, except for like subgenres of heavy metal, which it's definitely not. But like, um I think Paul would have held him back had he stayed. And he could sing, Remember Tomorrow and examples like that. But Beautiful. I don't know if he, he couldn't sing as well as Bruce, though
1: strange world he does great too but those are that's a different type of ballad singing that maybe even bruce would have a challenge uh equaling his strength in but the hallowed is not a ballad whatsoever there's no (coughs) ballad about it but it's uh, epic it's clear it has to be clean sung it has to be again with that vividness that i keep coming back to you have to be the voice of that it has to be clear you can't growl your way through this song. It's going to be terrible. There are examples of <laughs> growl, covers. I think, coward, I think covers. Machine Head
8: did it or something.
0: and It wasn't. They very did. Close.
1: Cradle of Filth did it too. There's plenty full, plenty of mm. covers. But And the Machine Head, the Machine Head one, he did. see He sang clean vocals for most
0: of it. It was just one bit. One yeah, I bit mean, he did can
1: sing, on. but uh, I'm not as big fan as you of, of Machine Head because I feel that he sounds constipated when he's singing. A little well, bit. Fair enough. But, but Cradle of Filth just he did his Cradle of Filth yeah. thing all the way through. I had um, a question for you guys though. So that was because mm-hmm. we talked about oh. ultimate heavy metal anthems or heavy metal for aliens. Mm. Uh, w- which other songs <laughs> would you put in there?
8: Mm. Uh. Um, I might pick... Mm. Fuck, I don't know, actually. Um, Ma- yeah.
1: uh, I would put Master I- Puppets in there. Well. Okay. Yeah, that, that's work- that could yeah, go okay. in there, yeah. And um, um, hmm, what more maybe Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath
8: I'd say Heaven and Hell by Black oh, Sabbath oh yeah actually. that was the one I thought yeah. about too yeah I forgot yeah. it, yeah, thanks for I'd reminding that, me that that's is heavy a, metal that is a definitive song for me um, uh, wow it's good no question about it mm, I'm trying to think of the bloody song on um, on Stained Class uh, oh, we'll Beyond the Arms here. of Death Yes, beyond the yeah. realms of death. I would good put choice. in there as well. good, good choice choice. Yeah. Man.
1: That's a, uh, that's also like, uh, that's a different version. Again, it's more of a character portrait, isn't it?
8: Mm. Um, but it has the it has the melodic, and has the heavy, and it's just yeah, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, epic and very cool. From a great album, staying class is just a uh, class. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, top class. Plus. Oh, oh,
0: very good, very good, Eric. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, th- I mean, those are all. Solid choices, uh, but I, you know, I gotta try to pick my own one now. I'd probably do something from um, "Screaming for Vengeance." I might do um, maybe you got another thing coming. That's a good it's one. It's a
1: really cool song if what you would, want the uh, rocky side of it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I feel
8: another thing coming is more rock. nearly arena rock, '80s Def Leppardy type of stuff. More, more so. That is true. Yeah, that is personally, true. But, uh, but
1: you might need to show the aliens that side too.
8: Yeah, these right. these aliens are very demanding. Oh
4: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> can they can they
0: get make the fucking make their own damn damn playlist? <laughs> make their own metal. If they if they have Spotify, <laughs> they can make their own fucking playlist. And I don't I don't know why I'm I'm annoyed since I was <laughs> only used to use this. <laughs>
1: <ridiculous> <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> well, then maybe that's just why. Oh. <laughs> you mm. you
0: put them here, but I, I'd say what what ask also what other list. I'm assuming they haven't just come to me alone because that'd be ridiculous. I uh, mm. think
1: that you could you're a out. good um, guy to go to though. Out, Man, out of everyone do in the world, if Aliens come, uh, Eric Shaw is not the be- not the worst option. It's a pretty good option, I think. I think yeah, he could right, be well, a diplomat mm. in between.
8: I'll tell you, certainly what I wouldn't put on the list right. is anything by Slipknot.
1: Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, we had that lengthy talk about uh, you raging over Corey Taylor being a, a figure, a figurehead in Heavy Metal and a spokesperson. You did was I? Laugh. When was this? Yeah, now we were drunk. So this was... This was, uh, this was um, and... Oh, bollocks. I don't even remember yeah. that. <laughs> we're like, why the fuck is Corey Taylor a voice of this genre? What the hell? And then you were just reading it, it, examples it was, from Blabbermouth, and me yeah. and Eric tried to start talking yeah. and then you're silent for a few seconds like, and then this. What the fuck, guys? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, yeah, but the thing was, because I remember, I think it was my fault because initially, because I mentioned the fact that Blabbermouth consists a lot of times about whatever random things going on in the world. You know, Corey Taylor oh, yeah. weighs in on, yeah. and, and oh, they like, actually use uh, that as the headline. Corey that. Taylor
8: weighs in on yeah, McDonald's yeah. firing an employee. Yeah. You're like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah that 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 noise yeah, is fucking. Me too. I don't it's, it's, put it, it on cares? Corey
1: either. I put it on fucking blubber mouth. No. Do you, but. do
8: you know what though? I just think he's like, he's not. I I I, I get a sense of he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's not. Corey Taylor <laughs> is not. I get an inauthenticity from him. That's really? what I get from him. Uh, um, maybe maybe also, a bit, uh,
1: you know, because I'm as little a fan as you are, so I'm, I'm, I view it very ne- uh, neutrally. In I don't sense. know,
8: but, but he just doesn't, he's not like, um, I, have to, I don't know. I don't but know, he sings I just, well,
1: he sings good. His cover of uh, the Rainbow song, not Rainbow, Dio song, uh, Rainbow in the Dark, he sings good. He's a I, great did, I haven't heard that. He's a great, great singer, actually, but uh, for me, way it better it than, for example, the <laughs> Flynn that we addressed before. But still, I, I'm mm. with you, Fergal. I'm with you. It's annoying as fuck. Mm. Corey Taylor weighs in, and most, then Corey Taylor with is, Ingrid Malmsteen always. Ingrid oh, Malmsteen yeah. says he never listened also, to Richie Beckmore. Like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking no. clickbait comment bait supremacy. Yeah. You know, I don't like this. Yeah. So, yeah, so you got you got that, and you got uh, oh, Ted Nugent yeah. saying and doing
0: those. Of course, favorite. most time, most time he said <laughs> and done what they he done said and done exactly. Daily the updates are also. interesting. On but
1: it. did you know that his son is a, a vegan? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, they, get, they get along. They do things together. They do content together. But uh, they go and yeah, hunt I'm, vegetables. that oh, oh, well, wow. something I don't know. But uh, he, I think uh, he's a deeper well than he um, himself projects out to you guys. I would say. But I'm also a fan, so don't listen to me.
0: Mm. But well, no, no man, I mean, I mean, his musical stuff, the stuff he's done, music-wise, I—that's I yeah, what I'm a fan of. To I don't, be fair. <laughs> I don't think I particularly yeah. get along with him. Mm.
8: Do you know what? Yeah. Like, I think he's one of these people that's playing a part. When he has a microphone in front of his face, it's yeah. like, I am right. playing Ted Nugent yeah. now.
1: Yeah. yeah, but so is Bruce Dickinson. Uh, mm. 100%, I think. But yeah, also, I, think so. I said before that he was honest about Metallica, so I'm contradicting myself. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean...
8: Yeah. Is Steve the, Harris playing Steve yes. Harris? Yeah. Questions on a, answers on a postcard.
1: We, we talked about that, Fergal, with uh, <laughs> doing uh, like, um, faces in a band photo, green matches. Is that a word in English? Yeah. And uh, too much of that in Metallica and that we like that maiden had a maybe a geekier approach mm. in terms of visual representation do
8: you know what i noticed actually just looking Indeed. at old photos that come up on twitter over the years they had like a lot much more sense of fun and humor and they'd pose with all these ridiculous things and in costumes and all that yeah. stuff they don't do that at all anymore that's completely dropped off in no. the post-2000 era um mm
1: which I is tasteful you know it's tasteful when you get that old i think
8: yeah i know i know but like it's like they're, they're quite they come across as quite serious now though as well i think whereas they used to be kind uh. of a fun band um and, and they didn't take themselves too seriously and i think that's kind of that, that. all
1: changed with Brain new world i think
8: yeah it did Brain new world had change. such that's a
1: serious vibe to it and yeah what an album it is though it's like i wonder
8: was it on purpose like deliberate it was like well we have to be taken seriously now
1: i think I think so too. Think it was so, in the times yeah. too. It wasn't, you know. It was after the nineties yeah. where everything was about being um, sad and um, having personal issues, and yeah. uh, you know, it was. It was I like some of the stuff. I know, I know. I, know. I just love, I just love the
0: that, that that's the relationship.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I like some of the stuff, but it was, you know. So I think they came in like we have to be serious now. We can't do this. Uh, we're mm-hmm. all the heavy metal guys. But then again, today you have bands like Nestor. We're totally oh. doing that. <laughs> yeah, and, you called me you know, out on that one, uh, and frigging succeeding with it too. They're just, yeah. just like, "Wow!" Call the police, call a fire crew, and you've room. seen them live, Fergal. That's cool. I have Get not. me a priest. Swedish they band. Were fucking
8: brilliant, brilliant.
1: Yeah. No, I think they're really cool, and songwriting is unparalleled to quality. I mean, but the, the guy, I, mean, the, I did the, tell you, uh, sorry.
8: The guy, the main guy's energy on stage was just—he was more energetic than any of the other acts that weekend. Brian. i didn't tell you that much. Uh, he was
1: just. He was like I don't know, like he was brilliant. He's brilliant. And I did tell you he wrote songs for Eurovision Song Contest winners. Yeah. He wrote songs for Swedish Idol winners. He mm. he's a craftsman, you know. Yeah. You can tell in the music. Yeah,
8: absolutely. Those songs are like that whole album is just perfect rock songs one after the other. And you're like, Okay, it's gonna get bad at some point now. Like the next song can't be as good as uh, nope. i no. <laughs> not getting
1: bad. No not getting bad. All right, so uh, if we could continue a bit off record, should we add something more on Hallowed before stopping the recording? Fergal, what do you think?
8: Should we add something more on Hallowed? Um, I I think I probably said everything about it. The only thing I'd, I'd say is that if you don't like Iron Maiden then maybe give this a listen. Although, why are you listening to this podcast, then? Yeah, or if yeah, you're not familiar with them. Yeah, that, so, yeah, yeah, nobody will hear that, and that's irrelevant. So, no, I, I don't agree really with have you. anything to
1: say. It's, it's, an export, <laughs> it's an export song. I agree with you. That's yeah. the song I export. Even my sister likes it. She's not into any heavy metal, especially not the 80s kind. But yeah. uh, the, that song, you know, if you're into music, yeah, it's a piece for you, I would say.
8: It could be a gateway song to get you into the band. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just expand Indeed. your
1: music palette by listening to fucking best heavy metal song that was ever written. Thank you All right. Okay. What can we say, Eric, a year of doing this? Yeah, I'm kind of tired today, so it's hard to summon up the absolute enthusiasm that actually is uh mm. ap- apropos for the moment, but
0: no, I've, I I feel I feel we we're, we we're very good at um expressing our enthusiasm even if we're not doing it on this particular one. I mean, you know, Full full disclosure. Uh, Fifteen minutes before we were doing this, I was taking a nap today. Same here, uh, actually. But
1: um, there you go.
0: <laughs> Double naps. Um, nap enthusiasts. And, uh, I'm gonna say the. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to say the the odds of uh, uh, the possibility of th- this nap continuing as soon as we're done is that uh, that op- that possibly is oh, very yeah. much on the table. <laughs> Same um, here. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, but um. Also, it's it's, it's depressing. It's like minus. 16 it's it's dark and very dark
1: Uh, i forget every year i I lived in this country pretty much my whole life some years aside and Mm. still every year it's like oh it gets this dark and now it's also this cold which i kind of like but it doesn't help with the of course it doesn't make you more awake i guess if you're outside it makes you more awake but you know briefly yes but yeah yeah, in a terror type (laughs) way anyway yeah
0: so maybe today we can't muster up the enthusiasm that that this situation perhaps uh, deserves but I've said it quite a few times in the rest you know it's been a it's been a hell of a so far it's been you know, it us was really fun uh, we've met a lot of cool people doing it, it's been uh, definitely the highlight for me of this last year. Or yeah, so.
1: um, yeah, I would agree with that. And, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean we have had said all those enthusiastic things about the, the community, and now we're really happy to have you guys around and happy. Uh-huh. to See it grow gradually. Yeah, and I would say I'm very something I'm very happy about that I could bring up now that we haven't brought up before is that I I think I received uh, it was from a half a dozen people I received like uh, number one listening yeah, or number one podcast. Listen to mm-hmm. on Spotify, and we're talking thousands of minutes—six, seven thousand minutes on some of them. This is that's uh, nuts. That's that's great. I just love
0: it, but, but so it's kind of weird. I mean, it's sort of weird because I'm not used to that. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very. Uh, yeah, so, I
1: mean, that's it's really cool that someone has been hanging out with uh, us. I guess you know by by some type of yeah. capacity for for that long—six, seven thousand minutes. And then if, obviously, if you've been in with us for six hundred minutes, I'm really happy to. So. It's, it's not a numbers game in that way. Yeah, if someone listens to like like a couple episodes, I'm thrilled with that as well. But you know,
0: there's people who do like who listen to all of them. That's that's nuts. But it just I don't nuts in a good way. But I'm just I'm just thrilled with, you know, I, I it's uh, yeah, it was a bit a bit over, overwhelming
1: in the best way possible when I started seeing these things. Yeah, um, that's very cool. I agree. So, and we have plans. Uh, we have cool songs coming up. Uh, I know that next week we are in for uh, Heaven Can Wait.
0: Yeah, it's, it's cool. I think we we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, we have a long ways to go, and we're not taking really any breaks really. We took we take we'll take a break every now and again after we do something big. Like, or if we've
1: done plenty of extra episodes, we, could, we might take liberty to have a Friday off sometimes. Yeah, it's only the beginning, folks. Indeed. So, until
0: next week, until next week, up the irons, and it's called from the north.